Carlson with Ralph Chandler and Bob Murphy here at Jerry Park in Montreal. It is a beautiful baseball afternoon here. This is a complete sellout crowd. It's a national holiday in Canada. It is Victoria Day. It is Queen Victoria's birthday, and the day is also observed as the birthday of the present reigning queen, although it actually isn't. But it is a legal national holiday, and the stands are packed and jammed here this afternoon. The capacity of this stadium is 28,456. We might very well have more than that here because already fans are standing out beyond the low-wire outfield fence. The biggest crowd ever in the history of this ballpark was slightly more than 29,100 on opening day of the season when the St. Louis Cardinals here would open up against the Montreal Expos. The New York Mets are the first reigning world championship baseball team ever to play here, of course. A big attraction for the day. And the Mets at the moment are two percentage points back of the division-leading Chicago Cubs in the Eastern Division of the National League. And thus, if the Mets should win here this afternoon, the Cubs are not scheduled until tonight, so the Mets would move into first place in the Eastern Division if they should defeat Montreal this afternoon. Starting pitchers for the Montreal Expos, it'll be right-hander Bill Stoneman. And for the New York Mets, it'll be right-hander Gary Gentry. The National Anthems. Canada, the national anthem of Canada, and you will hear an out 
McMade in French and in English in this bilingual city to give us the starting lineup in English. Here's Ralph Kiner. He better believe it's in English, Lindsay. And leading off for the Mets will be Tommy A.T. in center field. Batting second at shortstop, Bud Harrelson. Batting third in left field, Cleon Jones. Batting fourth at first base, Art Shamsky. Batting fifth at second base, Ken Boswell. Batting sixth in right field, Dave Marshall. Batting seventh and playing third base, Joe Foy. Batting eighth, the catcher, Jerry Grody. And the pitcher, Gary Gentry. Batting in the ninth position. For the Expos, Marv Staley will lead off. He'll be at second base. Batting second in left field, Mac Jones. Batting third in right field, Rusty Staub. Batting fourth at... <laughs> First base, Ron Fairley. Batting fifth in center field, Jim Perry. Batting sixth and playing third base, Coco LaBoy. Batting seventh, the catcher, John Bateman. Batting eighth at shortstop, Bobby Wine. And Bill Stoneman, the pitcher, batting ninth. The umpires for the game today, Dick Stello will be calling the balls and strikes. At first base, Al Barnick, the crew chief. At second base, Ed Bargo. And the umpire at third, Paul Pryor. The Mets starting just two percentage points back of the Chicago Cubs in second place in the Eastern Division of the National League. They have won 18 and lost 16. At this point last year, the Mets had a record of 16 wins and 18 losses. The Expos have a record this year of 12 and 21. And this time last year, they had a record of 11 wins and 22 losses. The Mets and Expos have met two times this year, each team winning. And the Mets bring a four-game winning streak into this ballgame. The Expos, coming off a hot road trip, won four of six games on their road trip. And the enthusiasm here in Montreal is spontaneous. We're going to have a tremendous crowd here on hand, possibly the biggest crowd ever here in Montreal, as the world champions play in Montreal against the Expos in the start of a three-game series. Tomorrow night, a night game will be on the air at 8 o'clock. It's going to be Nolan Ryan scheduled for the Mets. He has a record of 2-3. and three. Dan McGinn will oppose him, his record 3-1. and one. And then the final game on Wednesday night, we'll see Tom Seaver 7-1 against Morton, who has won 3 and lost 1. Mets returning home for the next homestand on the 22nd. They'll be playing the Chicago Cubs in a four-game series. A night game on Friday night, the 22nd. A day game on Saturday afternoon. That's Ladies' Day. And Ladies admitted for a 50-cent service charge. And then a big doubleheader on Sunday, finishing out the four-game series with Chicago. After Chicago, the Mets play St. Louis on the 26th, 27th, and 28th. And then Houston on the 29th, 30th, and 31st. So the next homestand will go on through the month of May. And it will be the third homestand for the Mets. And it starts all with Chicago. As Lindsay pointed out, we've got a great day for baseball. The field dimensions here are 340 down each line, 420 in center field, 368 in the alley. And now as Tommy Agee steps in the batter's box here for the play-by-play, Bob Murphy. All right, Ralph. Hi, everybody. What a beautiful day and a tremendous crowd here at Jerry Park, an overflow crowd. Their biggest crowd of the year by far and away, and Tommy Agee leads off against Bill Stoneman. Bill Stoneman, 26-year-old right-hander, who early last year offered a no-hit game against the Philadelphia Phils. Now Stoneman into his windup, the first pitch of the game, and A.G. takes high, ball one. Tommy hitting at 220 with three home runs and nine runs batted in. It is a perfect day weather-wise, a little bit of high cloud cover, but no wind. An ideal day to play. Now Johnny Bateman setting up the target. Swing and a miss on a slider. In the infield, Gene Mock has Ron Fairley playing first base. Marv Staley is at second. Bobby Wine is short. Coco LeBoy is at third. One ball, one strike. The count in comes the pitch by Stoneman. Fouled back toward the crowd. No play. In the Montreal outfield, Mac Jones is in left. Jim Ferry, an ex-dodger, is in center. A rounded right. 
Number one Montreal player, Le Grand Orange, Rusty Staub. The Expos got off to a horrible start this year. They lost 10 of their first 11 ballgames. Now Stoneman over the head, around comes the arm. Fastball high, it's 2-2. Two and two. On April 25th, Montreal had won one and lost 10. Since that point, they have played 500 ball, winning 11 and losing 11. And they have just returned from a very successful road trip. The 2-2 delivery by Stoneman misses outside, ball three. For New York, Yogi Berra coaching at first base, and Eddie Yost is on the lines at third. Pitching coach Rube Walker working in the dugout with skipper Gil Hodges. And coach Joe Pignantano takes care of the bullpen, which here in Montreal is down the right field line. The 3-2 delivery by Stoneman curved as over And is authorized and the radio rights granted by the New York Mets solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express written consent of the New York Mets is prohibited. For New York, Bud Harrelson stepping in against Bill Stoneman, but hitting left-handed. And occurs for a strike in the inside corner. Harrelson... Off to a wonderful year, hitting at 293 with 11 RBIs. Bill Stoneman, stocky right-hander pitching for Montreal, has a good curveball. Fastball inside. One thing about him, he does have good stuff, and his problem, of course, is getting this curveball over. Last year, he got it over well enough to pitch a no-hitter. So far this year, he has been pitching well about the first five or six innings, and then has been running into trouble. This year, he has won one and lost six. And a foul back against the screen to point out the point that Ralph was making in the one game won by Stoneman this year. He shut out the Chicago Cubs with three hits. So when he gets it over, he's a tough customer. But Harrelson, the batter, the count, one ball and two strikes. Cleon Jones waiting on deck. Now Stoneman double pumps. In comes the pitch. Breaking ball inside of the knees, two and two. This is the opening game of a three-game series. Night games tomorrow night and Wednesday night, then back home for the Mets. Hit foul down the left field line, no play. Mets return late after the game on Wednesday night, Thursday a day off. And their big one on Friday night at Shea against Leo DeRocher's Chicago Cubs. The way Gil Hodges and Rube Walker have mapped things out, it looks like all four of the big pitchers will be ready to face the Cubs. Now breaking ball outside. Which would mean Jerry Kuzman on Friday night, Gary Gentry on Saturday, Tom Seaver and Nolan Ryan on Sunday. Mets and the Cubs playing four Friday night, Saturday afternoon, and a Sunday doubleheader. The advanced sale window at Shea opens seven days a week for your convenience, so don't miss that Cubs series. Pitching three and two to Bud Harrelson, high ball four. So Stroman went three and two on Agee, struck him out, went three and two on Harrelson and walked in. Struck Agee out with a curveball and missed with a curveball to Bud Harrelson, so you can see that he's trying to get that curveball working for him, even though it's in a real tough pitching situation. Now Cleon Jones stepping in. Cleo had, Cleon had two hits. The last game at Philadelphia. 
Bill Hodge is hoping the Cleon now is back in that good groove. He's due for a good hot streak. Art Chamsky playing first base today and batting cleanup, so Art comes out on deck. And a throw to first by Bill Stoneman. Dick Stello is the umpire at home. Al Barley at first. Ed Vargo at second. Paul Pryor at third. Same umpiring team that was in Philadelphia. Now the pitch on the way. A strike on the outside corner. Last year, Montreal's first in Major League Baseball, they did sensational. With a very small ballpark, a seating capacity of just over 28,000, they drew at home a million two hundred and fifty thousand. Now a throw to first by Bill Stoneman, not in time. Ron Fairley holding against Buddy Harrelson. Bud, the club leader in stolen bases on a team that leads the Major Leagues in stolen bases. He has 11. And a squibbler foul, no play. Grabbed by Johnny Bateman. Expos have been very pleased with the defensive work of John Bateman as compared to previous years. They credit it to his weight-reducing program. Bateman, 32 pounds lighter this year than last. They call it the Gene Mock system. It only costs you $800. Gene said at $100 a pound overweight, it's pretty easy to lose weight. You'd worry it off. You wouldn't have to worry about dieting it off. Two strike count on Gleon Jones. Bud Harrelson on first, one out, first inning. We're just underway. It's a legal holiday in Canada, and we have a standing room crowd. Now throw to first to Stoneman. Keeps an eye on Bud Harrelson. One thing we notice about Bud Harrelson this year in his stolen bases, he has been getting a much bigger lead than he ever has in the past. Bud has stolen 11 bases in just 13 attempts. That infield might be just a little bit slow to run on. And a throw to first base. They did have a lot of rain yesterday. No rain today, but the infield looks to be a little bit soft. The center fielder, Jim Ferry, is playing Cleon Jones to hit the ball toward the alley in right center. He plays him several strides toward right center. And the pitch. Foul ball back toward our broadcasting booth. No play. down the backstop screen. Fans here in Montreal have a great time, just as they do at Shea Stadium. They are very much a part of the ballgame. Now Stoneman delivers. And a high pop-up that's playable near home plate. Bateman gets rid of the mask. Near the plate and foul ground, he takes it for the out. And Leon could have hit that one in the saddle. Art Shamsky will be the hitter. Art hitting at 319 with four home runs and 15 runs batted in. Shamsky has four home runs in his last five ball games. Pets have been rained out twice on this road trip. They played their first 32 games this year without a rainout. One game rained out in Chicago. Yesterday's game rained out in Philadelphia. Now the second baseman, Marv Staley of the Expos, shades toward the hole on the right side of the infield against Shamsky, a pole hitter. Outside in high ball one, throw to first, not in time. Bud Harrelson scooting back to first and the crowd reacting and applauding John Bateman for trying to pick off Bud Harrelson. 
Ken Boswell is on deck. Now the pitch on the way. A swing and a miss and a slow curveball. Bill Stoneman changing up off of his curve and the count is even. Nolan Ryan has rejoined the ball club. He was away in Texas doing military duty over the weekend. Fairly holds against Bud Harrelson. The count 1 1 to Archamsky. A throw to first. Harrelson diving to get back. That brings the ooze and the eyes from the crowd. There's no doubt about the fact that Montreal knows that the Mets have been running because of the discussion up here and also the stories have been on the fact whether Bateman will be able to stop the Mets' running attack. Mets have been running against every ball club in the major leagues. Let's see if they can run on Johnny Bateman. And Harrelson has picked off a heavy minute run down. Fairly runs Bud Harrelson towards second, gives the ball to Bobby Wine. Wine runs him back to first base. And now the ball goes to Steve who tags him out. Or Harrelson, Miss Reddy, man, gets picked off. The play goes. Stoneman to Fairly to Wine to the pitcher who made the tag near first base. No runs, no hits, no errors, and none left on. That's the first time this year Bud has been picked up trying to build that lead. And the score in the middle of the first inning, the New York Mets nothing, and the Montreal Expos coming to bat. Bob Murphy with Ralph Kaner and Lindsey Nelson, last of the first in Montreal. Gary Gentry pitching for the New York Mets. Gary 4-1 on the year with a 1.7 earned run average. And Marv Staley leads off. The second baseman batting left takes it outside, ball one. Marv Staley in 25 games, batting at 262. Staley choking up on the handle of the bat, and Gentry's fastball is in for a call strike. It's one and one. Gary's last outing in Chicago. He had a no-hitter until two were out of the eighth inning when Ernie Banks singled to left field. Gary wound up with a one-hit shutout. Now the 1-1 delivery, and a curve hit in the air to left center field. Tommy Agee galloping in and over toward the alley, makes the catch. One out and nobody on, coming up to hit Mac Jones, the left fielder. Mac hitting 242. Gary Gentry, in 52 innings of pitching this year, has allowed only 29 base hits. The next team earns on average is now down to 2.8 following three consecutive shutouts. Now Gentry out of his wind-up. Here's the pitch. Curve is high. Last year, as the Mets won the World Championship, their pitching staff, considered to be the best, had an overall team earned run average of 2.99. Fly ball well hit the left field by Matt Jones. Cleon running toward the line. And it drops in for a base hit. Jones is on his way to second, and he's going to double. good hitter. He's hitting 313 with four home runs and 20 runs batted in. So far this year, the Expos have been a better ball club on the road than they have been at home. They are 9-13 and 13 on the road. They've lost 8 of 11 at home. But those early home losses came when they were going so bad. Fastball, inside ball one. 
As we mentioned, the Expos had a disastrous start, losing 10 of their first 11. But since then, they've played 500 ball, 11 and 11. And they've just come back off of a trip in which they won four of six games. Pitch by Gentry, curve, misses the outside corner. Two balls and no strikes to Rusty Stock. Gary Gentry has won four and lost one. Let's have the outfield around to right against Rusty Stout. He can pull the ball. And a fastball over at the letters of strike. It's two and one. Tomorrow night and Wednesday night, the last two games of this road trip for New York, we'll be broadcasting and televising both of the games back to New York. Jimmy Bregan coaching at first, and Dick Williams on the lines at third. Foul back toward the screen. Jerry Grody working behind the plate. In the infield, Gill has Art Shamsky playing first. Ken Boswell at second. Bud Harrelson at short, and Joe Foy at third. Leon Jones in left field, Tommy Agee in center, and Dave Marshall is playing right field. A standing room crowd all the way around the outfield. And the pitch. Fouled back over into the crowd. No play. The left field bleachers are completely filled. And the overflow, the standing crowd, now stretches from the point where the bleachers end in left center. Behind the fence in center field. And all the way behind the fence to the right field, almost to the, to the scoreboard area. Right up to the bullpen. And the pitch on the way. Too high and Staub lets it go. Well, Gentry now has worked the count full, three and two on Rusty Stop. One away, a runner on second, no score, last of the first inning. Ron Farley is the on-deck batter. Pitching three and two, ball four. He missed inside with a fastball. Hitting a 273 and batting cleanup for the Expos. Now will hit against Gary Gentry with two men on. Barry was with the Badgers 11 and a half years before being traded to Montreal. After he came to the Expos last year, he did a good job. Had a good year. The on-deck hitter is Jim Ferry, also a former Dodger. Now Gentry pitches from the stretch. Breaking ball off the outside corner. One ball and no strikes. Let's have the infield hoping for a chance to make the double play. Bud Harrelson shaded towards second. And Joe Foy very wide of the line of third against the left-hand hitter. Fastball outside. Two balls and no strikes. Expos have a threat here in the first inning. Mac Jones with a fly ball double is on second. Rusty Staub with a walk is on first. Now Gentry behind on Ron Fairley delivers. Fastball in a call strike two and one. Jerry Grody sends out the information now to Gary Gentry. A.G. leans a bit more toward right center against Ron Fairley. And the pitch. Too high. Gentry working behind the cleanup batter. Three and one. Now, Ron Fairley with a count three and one will really be tightening the grip on that bat handle and looking for a pitch to hit. 
Let's keep an eye on the base runners. Mac Jones on second, Stab on first. The 3-1 delivery. High pop-up in foul ground may go out of play. Back comes Jerry Grody hoping it's in the crowd. The count goes to three and two. This is the only day game in the major leagues. Let's start the afternoon only two percentage points behind the Cubs in the Eastern Division. Now the count three and two. Again, we'll check the runners. They were holding up on the three-one delivery. Grody has a strong arm. Neither base runner exceptionally fast. Here's the stretch. The runners are going. The pitch fouled. Right straight back. No play. So on three and two, Gene Marks had him going. Here's a pretty good question for you. If you had to pick who had the most stolen bases on the Expos, who would you pick? Well, I know the answer, but I wouldn't pick it. Rusty Staub has six out of seven, and Ron Ferry, the hitter, has five out of five, and neither one of them are fast. Three and two on Ron Fairley. Mac Jones on second, Rusty Staub on first. And Fairley has something in his eyes, so he steps out of the batter's box for a moment. Jim Ferry, a left-hand hitter and the center fielder, is the on-deck batter. Agee now is pulled far over into right center against Fairley, the left-hand bull hitter. Let's check the runners as Gentry makes the stretch. Pickoff attempt, throw to second, he's back. Pretty close play, Mac Jones had to hurry to get back. Bud Harrelson darting in to take the peg from Gary Gentry. It's three and two on Ron Fairley, last of the first. The runners edge away. The runners are going. The pitch is high. That loads the bases. So, on a base hit, a double, and two walks, the Expos have the bases loaded. One out. Jim Ferry, left-hand hitter, batting 245 with two home runs and seven runs batted in. And Gary Gentry has dug a deep hole for himself here in the first inning. An overflow crowd at Jerry Park on Queen Victoria Day in Canada. Now Gentry looking into Grody for his sand. He works off the stretch and a swing and a miss strike one. He went after a high hard one. Mac Jones is now on third, Rusty Stab on second, and Ron Fairley is on first. Ferry hits left-handed again. A.G. plays him over to right center. Bud Harrelson shades towards second. Foy on the even with the bag, but wide of the line at third. Fastball, a strike on the outside corner. And Gentry, bearing down to his task now, has the advantage. Coco LeBoy, the third baseman, is the on-deck hitter. First time in five batters that Gentry has been ahead of the hitter. Now the stretch by Gentry. He makes the one-second stop. Here's the pitch. And a ground ball hit to Betty Harrelson. He flips the ball to Boswell. One to first base. Double play on the side is out. 6-4-3 as Harrelson starts the double play that erases the threat. That's a big one. No runs, one hit, no errors, and two left on. At the end of one inning, the New York Mets nothing and the Montreal Expos nothing. At the efficient gate, please. Father Canute and Mr. Leonard Stunek. And Mademoiselle Gislaine Gassier. 
Vous êtes demandé au bureau des exploits immédiatement. Art Shamsky will resume his time at bat. Art was hitting when Bud Harrelson was picked off and put out in a rundown play between first and second. That retired the side in the top of the first inning. Well, it's marvelous weather here around, much better than we had in Chicago and Philadelphia. I got a kick out of Ron Fairley. We were talking about what a great day it was today, and he said it's the best day we had. In fact, he said, would you believe that we played a game out here and they treated one customer for frostbite? Well, it has been less than two weeks ago, about ten days ago. They had something like five or six inches of snow in the ballpark. He said they played a game when the temperature was down to 16 degrees. That's too cold. I suggest that you wear your turtleneck for the game tomorrow night. Art Shamsky. Art Shamsky will be leading off against chunky right-hander Bill Stoneman. Stoneman, a curveball pitcher. Out of his wind-up delivers. Curve, pull, foul. Back toward Kenny Boswell in the on-deck circle. The Expos are managed by Gene Mock. First of all, peppery little skipper. He uses Jimmy Bregan and Dick Williams on the coaching lines. His pitching coach is Cal McClish. Now the windup and the pitch to Sham fouled off the outside corner, beg your pardon. One ball, one strike. There is a huge public park out beyond the outfield fence here in the Jerry Park area. Tremendous swimming pool over beyond the right field fence. The 1-1 delivery is taken high, 2-1. Last year, Willie Stargell of the Pirates hit one so far over the right field fence and landed in the swimming pool. Gene Mock insists that it had to travel 687 and a half feet. Now Stoneman winding, the pitch thrown to Shamsky, foul back into the screen, 2-2. Two two. You see people just lolling around out in the park area. Every now and then, somebody goes by on horseback. Crowd here today will be near 29,000. It could even be a record crowd. Every seat has been sold, standing room only. Now the wind-up, the 2-2 delivery. Swing and a miss. He got it. That's the second strikeout for Bill Stoneman, and it brings up Ken Boswell. This is a legal holiday in Canada. All of the government office buildings are closed. However, the stores are open. Now Ken Boswell. In the National League tonight, Philadelphia will be at Pittsburgh. Jim Bunning against Bob Moose. The Cubs play at Cincinnati with Bill Hands going against Ray Washburn. Ground ball bounced on the right side of the diamond, fielded by Marv Staley. He flips the ball to Ron Fairley, two down. Two outs and nobody on. Dave Marshall came up. Dave hitting 289 with 10 runs batted in. Cincinnati yesterday won a doubleheader from the Atlanta Braves to solidify their hold in the Western Division. They lead by six. St. Louis will be in Houston tonight. Bob Gibson against seven-game winner Larry Durker. Yesterday, Jim Merritt won his eighth. Now the wind-up by Stoneman and a slow curve. It's over, strike one call, and he's getting his curve ball over. The Dodgers play in San Diego tonight. Sandy Vance against Dan Coombs. The outfield around toward right. 
And Marshall pops the ball up on the right side of the infield. Ron Fairley in between first and second has it for the out. Well, a very strong inning for Bill Stoneman. Let's go down one and three. No runs, no hits, no errors, and none left. And the score in the middle of the second here at Jerry Park in Montreal. The New York Mets nothing and the Montreal Expos nothing. Coco LaBoy comes up against Gary Gentry, bottom half of the second. In the American League tonight, the Orioles and the Yankees play in the stadium. Mike Clayar against Fritz Peterson. Birds have a six-game lead in the division. Yankees have been playing very well. Tigers will be in Boston. The Tigers trying to snap a five-game losing streak. They'll pitch Joe Necro against Sonny Siebert. Now Gentry winding. Here's the pitch on the way. Fouled back over the press box. No play. Cleveland at Washington. The Senators have dropped nine in a row. Tonight it's Barry Moore against George Brunette. Minnesota at Kansas City. Jim Cott against Bill Butler in California at Chicago. Andy Messersmith against Billy Wynn. Now the pitch to Coco, and the fastball is over to strike one call. Coco LaBoy hitting at 143. This time last year, he was tearing up the league. He had an outstanding rookie season. Now Gentry is siding in. Slider off the outside corner. One ball and two strikes. Johnny Bateman is the on-deck batter. Then the shortstop, Bobby Wine. The one-two pitch. Fastball off the outside corner, two and two. Metzer and Shea, Friday night playing the Cubs. Friday night, Saturday afternoon, and a big doubleheader on Sunday. Then the St. Louis Cardinals come into Shea. Curve hit foul, deep down the left field line. He was way out in front. Cardinals will be in New York for three games, two night games and a day game in the middle of the week. The 26th, 27th, and 28th of May. Then the Astros for a four-game weekend series, including a Sunday doubleheader. Swing and a miss. He got him. Good fastball by Gary Gentry. Now Johnny Bateman. Coming into this game. Gary Gentry, in 52 innings, had 43 strikeouts. As a pitching staff, in 312 innings, the Mets have 248 strikeouts. Now a swing and a miss by Johnny Bateman, strike one. The last run scored off the Mets was on a home run by Johnny Bateman back on May 12th. Pitch by Gentry, curve out the outside corner, one ball, one strike. And if he hits one here, you're going to get a letter from every superstitious fan in New York. Now, there's nobody superstitious in baseball. Here's the one-one delivery. Fastball, low and outside, two and one. I'll take my chances. You weren't superstitious when you played, were you? Never stepped on the lines. That's the only thing that I really had anything going for me on. Oh, that didn't count. It's two and one as Gentry triggers it. And a strike on the outside corner. A good-looking fastball, two and two. John Bateman umpiring the pitch did not agree with the man behind the plate, Dick Stello. I have one other one that I think is pretty good. I'd like to touch all the bases on a home run. It behooves you to do so. The 2-2 delivery. Foul back toward the screen and out of play. 
One thing about it, when you hit it far enough, you can take your time to look for the base. You don't have to worry about missing it. You'd be surprised how many times you miss first base all trying to watch the ball go out of the ballpark. You're not supposed to admire them. You're just supposed to hit them. <laughs> it's two and two now on Johnny Bateman. Now Gentry sights in. Down comes the pitch. Foul. Back toward our broadcasting booth. No play. I believe, Ralph, that you can get a line drive off foul ball back into this broadcasting booth that you couldn't handle with a pencil. Very easily. Tighten up your grip on that pencil and swing away. Now the 2-2 delivery. And a base hit through the hole. The curveball. Leon Jones comes in, picks it up. Bateman is on with a single of for the Expos, their second hit, the batter will be Bobby Wine. Wine hitting a 209 has two homers and 11 RBIs. Bobby, an excellent fielder with a powerful throwing arm from East Northport, Long Island. He has made an excellent comeback following surgery for a slip disc. Now the pitch by Gentry. Fastball just misses ball one. Before the ball game, he was talking with Art Shamsky, who has back trouble, and showing him a special type brace that he wears. And he also has another thing that he wears in cold weather that fits around to keep his back warm. Foul, back over the screen, no play. That's probably the most important thing, a thing of all, is keeping your back warm when you have a problem like that. Art Shamsky certainly goes through all the precautions. He gets a special rub down with the kind of liniment that they use for the pitcher's shoulders. Keep his back good and warm, particularly in this early part of the year when we have some chilly weather. The 1 1 delivery, low and outside, 2 and 1. No score, last of the second. An overflow crowd at Jerry Park in Montreal for the opening game of this three game series. Now Gentry's pitch to Bobby Wine, he gets the outside corner, ball strike really turning out to see the world champions in action against the Montreal Expos. What a day to play. High cloud cover, but it's warm. It's near 70 degrees. And the wind is not a factor in the game. 2-2 delivery, fouled. Back over the dugout, behind first and up into the crowd. I want to stay close to you tonight, Ralph, so we go to one of those French restaurants. You can read the menu for me. I have a little trouble. Two-two delivery. Lined hard into center field. And he's hit by Bobby Wine. A.G. grabs it on the first skip. Bateman will stop at second. And the Expos are threatening again. They have runners on first and second. One out. Starting out today as though it's going to be a struggle for Gary Gentry. So Bill Stroman, the Montreal pitcher, comes up. Gary Gentry confers with Joe Foy as they work out how they want to play this run situation. Now Grody goes out to the mound. Marv Staley, the second baseman and leadoff batter, waiting on deck. Staley has been going good as a hitter. Let's see how Gene Mock plays it. Bill Stoneman, not known for his hitting prowess, has had one hit in 16 times at bat. And Art Shamsky comes up the line now toward home looking for the buck. Bateman, the runner on second, is slow. 
Harrelson will try and keep him close to pitch. Full swing and a foul ball back up toward the press box. Well, because Johnny Bateman is a very slow afoot, Gene Mock, I imagine, decided to take his chances and swing away. Runners on first and second, one man down. Now let's see if they have him swinging away or if they change the play. Bill Stallman is not sure, Ralph. He wants to get out of there and check with Dick Williams, the coach at third. Well, there's one thing you really want to know, and that's the correct sign and what you have to do in this situation. Let's still look for the bunt. He does try to bunt and misses strike two. So it was changed, and again, Stoneman takes a good hard look. Now let's see if they have him try to bunt the third strike, knowing that if he bunts it foul, he's a strikeout victim. Getting back to that French menu, just remember that poison doesn't mean what you think it means. Doesn't mean poison, huh? That's right. Don't get nervous. You're a big friend and a big help, and I'm glad to be with you. Now Gentry, in the set position, delivers high and outside. What does it mean, Ralph? Just don't get into that. Oh, all right. How do you pronounce it? Poulet? Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. All right. Maybe we better take Lindsay with us. The one-two delivery. Swing and a miss. He got him. Now there are two away. Two outs and two on. No score. Second inning. Marv Staley, the leadoff batter, comes up against Gary Gentry. Marv Staley, good little competitor. Left-hand hitter. Batting at 259 with eight runs batted in. Gene Mack has been platooning Gary Sutherland and Marv Staley at second base. So for the second inning in a row, Gary Gentry trying to dig out of a hole. Expos had the bases loaded in the first inning. Curve, a swing, and a miss strike one. Left fielder, Mac Jones, is on deck. In the outfield, the Mets play Staley straight away. He will hit the ball from line to line. Bud Harrelson shades toward second. And Joe Foy is even with the bag wide of the line at third. Now the pitch. Fastball inside, one ball and one strike to Staley. Last year here at Jerry Park, the Mets won six of the nine. And the pitch on the way. Fastball high, it's two and one. Gary does not have the control that he enjoyed his last outing in Chicago, but then again, how often can you have that kind of control? It's two and one on Myron Staley. Two runners take a lead. And a drive hit toward the alley in right center field is going to be in for a base hit. Second and third, one run in. Expos lead, one nothing. Expos now have one run on three hits here in the last of the second. 
Jones, a dangerous hitter. Curve is over, a strike call. Well, and that's pitching staff had gone 29 scoreless innings before yielding that run. First run scored against the pitching staff on the road trip. Let's play the infield and the outfield, rather deep and around to right against Mac Jones. He hit a fly ball double right down the left field line his first time up. And he's hit by the pitch, and that loads him up. Breaking ball got away from Gary Gentry. The bases are loaded, and Rusty Stab is coming up. Well, this is quite a moment of this ball game. Things could get out of hand. Right here we pause for a station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. This is your New York Mets baseball station in Saratoga Springs, New York. WKAJ-FM 102.3 on your dial. Bob Murphy with Ralph Kaner and Lindsey Nelson, last of the second in Montreal. This is a big moment in this game. Expos lead 1-0, but they have the bases loaded two down and their best hitter up, Rusty Staub. Don Cardwell runs down to the bullpen to start warming up. Now the wind-up by Gentry, here's the pitch. Popped up and is playable near third base. Joe Foy in foul ground is under it, makes the catch and the side is out. So Gentry has the answer in the gym and gets the big hitter of Rusty Stav. One run, three hits, no errors, and three left on. Expos have left five in the first two innings. The score at the end of two at Jerry Park. The Montreal Expos won and the New York Mets nothing. Well, with the plane of the Sheik of Araby in the background, I introduce to you Lindsey Nelson. Thank you very much, Ralph Kiner, and hello again, everybody. On a national holiday here in Montreal, the fans are packed and jammed into this baseball park. The Expos have taken a one nothing lead, and Joe Foy is coming up to lead off for the New York Mets. Foy up for his first time this afternoon, hitting 220. Foy has one home run, and he has 12 runs batted in. Right-hand batter facing right-hand pitcher, Bill Stoneman. Stoneman into the motion. Here's the pitch. Curveball. And it's in there for a call strike. Gary Grody is waiting on deck. Jen Stoneman takes a sign. And the pitch to four misses way outside and low. It's 1-1. The officials of the Expos were aware that they might very well have one of their big all-time crowds here this afternoon, and they got it. 1-1 delivery. Breaks low and away. 2-1. On this corresponding date last year, this particular holiday, the Expos were on the road, so they didn't have the advantage of the opportunity to draw a big holiday crowd on this date last year. 2-1 pitch. And it's in there for a call strike. It's 2-2. Two two. Gentleman came with a fastball. They shade Foy around a little toward right. Montreal won the Mets nothing. Here's a swing and a ground ball foul. It hops over the Mets dugout behind first and on up into the lower field boxes. The grandstand here is one deck uncovered. This entire area, not only the ballpark, 
but this entire area is Jerry Park. 2-2 pitch, curveball, and on the ground, back to the mound. Taken by Stoneman, he goes over to first to Ron Fairley and this one away. That is just scribbled right off the end of the boys' bat, and he'll bring up Jerry Grody. We will be back on side two to continue the game. You know, it takes performance, style, and power to make a championship team and a championship car. Plymouth has what it takes to be the official car of the Mets. The catcher, number 15, Jerry Brody. Brody's up for his first time, hitting 193 with five runs batted in. Bill Stoneman, and six losses. Foul back, and it's out of play. So it goes to strike one. Jerry Gentry, wearing the jacket, is on deck. The Mets were rained out yesterday in Philadelphia. Came directly to Montreal. Pitch breaks high. It's 1-1. They arrived at their hotel sometime around 6 p.m. We're in the top half of the third inning. Now the 1-1 pitch. Breaks low and away. Stoneman goes 2-1 to Jerry Grody. The Mets do not yet have a base hit off Bill Stoneman in this ballgame. Gentry has struggled through the first two innings, getting out with only one run being scored against him. 2-1 pitch. Curveball is high. Behind three and one to Grody. The fans here in Montreal have really taken to big league baseball. They're responsive. They enjoy it to the fullest. Here's a three-one delivery. Makes you wonder what they would do if they had a ball club in Toronto, their other major city out here on this side of Canada. I know when I played there in 1943, Montreal was very responsive to minor league baseball. Of course, they had minor league ball here, too. This will be a payoff pitch. And it's Lowry walking. So the Mets pick up a base runner on the second walk issue here today by Bill Stoneman. He walked Harrison the first Let's inning, and then Harrison was caught off. Also, uh, Gary Gentry. Batting ninth, the pitcher, number 39, Gary Gentry. Gentry is one for 15. He has one run batted in, and he is hitting point zero six seven. Third baseman Coco Lavoie comes in on the edge of the grass. Gentry squares, bunts and misses, strike one, and going back to first is Grody. The sacrifice was on with A.G. on deck. There's one man out. The Montreal Expos won, and the New York Mets nothing. The Mets two percentage points. Back of the division-leading Chicago Cubs. Here's the pitch. Outside. Again, Gentry was around. As though to bunt, and Fairley was charging hard. Missed post at first base. But he was out of the strike zone, so it's one and one. 
Mets will be here again tomorrow night, again on Wednesday night. And they come back to New York opening up on Friday night against Leo DeRocher's Chicago Cubs at Shea Stadium. Third of first, not in time. That series ends with a Sunday doubleheader. Mets and the Cubs, Sunday the 24th at Shea. Here's the pitch now. It's low and away. Gentry again was around the bunt. It's two balls and a strike. They're really putting the pressure on with the first baseman charging very strongly and the third baseman starting from a very shallow position coming in very closely. It'd have to take a good bunt to move the runner down to second. Stillman's gone behind now with a count of two balls and one strike. LaVoy stays in on the grass at third. Here's the pitch. Gentry squares. Bunch the ball foul. Off to the right side out of play. So the count's even at 2-2. Next Saturday, the Mets and the Chicago Cubs will be playing at Shea Stadium, and that'll be Lutheran Day. 4,000 Lutheran church members will be on hand. The Houston Astros will be at Shea Friday night, May 29th, for American Legion night. 5,000 American Legionnaires will be at Shea on Friday night, May 29th. Goody leads it first. 2-2 pitches around and pulls the bat off the ball out of the strike zone. 3-2 and two. Bateman questions the call of umpire Dick Stella and here comes Gene Mock. Not to question Stella. The experts are contending that Gentry punted at the ball and now they're asking the opinion of Al Barlick down at first base and Barlick seems to be indicating that he thinks he did. Now Yogi Berra is talking to Barlick standing there, hands on hips is Gentry. Gentry had bunted at the ball. That's the third strikeout for Stoneman. That brings Tommy Agee up. He's been up one time with called on, on strikes. Grody takes his lead at first. Stoneman off the stretch, throws over Grody's back. There's a swing and a foul ball back and out of play. Well, many things happen progressively during the course of any uh, special trade or profession, and for many years, it was sort of a secret sign that the umpires on the bases gave to the plate umpire to assist him in making a call on a check swing or a half swing. It was prearranged between them. Pitches high for both, so it was something that went on, but you didn't know exactly how. Now the umpires openly ask for assistance, the manager can require him to ask, and I certainly have never seen so many decisions reversed as we've seen already this year. Here's a swing and a foul ball, back and out of play. It's one and two. In the old days, Lindsay, the umpire behind home plate felt that if he didn't make all the calls, then it appeared that way that he would not have the authority that he figured he had. 
can't see Bill Clem ever asking another umpire if he <laughs> could get any help. <laughs> this will be a one-two pitch. Curveball, and it's high. Two and two. I can't see Bill Clem changing his call even if the umpires at both corners signal otherwise. Bill Clem was the dean of the umpires and recognized as a person who never made a bad call. He said he never missed one in his heart. This will be a 2-2 pitch. Foul back, and it's out of play. And Charles is a 2 As far as Frankie Fish was concerned, he missed a few. <laughs> they had a marvelous feud between them. You're out of the game. <laughs> One of my favorite umpire stories. Third of first, not in time. Harrison's waiting on deck. Two men out. Two-two pitch. Swung on and loose out into center field. And this is going to be in there for a base hit. Goody's on his way to third. Jim Ferris up for the ball, plays it into second. Standing at third is Goody, and on at first is Agee with a looping single in the center. That'll bring up Brad Harrelson. The story I'm talking about was between Bill Clem and Frankie Frisch, and a call was made by Clem, and Frisch, just in mock horror, stiffened and fell over backwards and lay very still. And, of course, nobody knew really what had happened to him, and the players all gathered in the trainer, and Frisch was lying very motionless, and... Clem stood it as long as he could, and then he walked over and he leaned over across and said, Dutchman, dead or alive, you're out of the game. Runners at first and third. The pitch to Harrison breaks low and inside for a ball. Another one he pulled was when a batter didn't like a call, he threw the bat up in the air, and he said, if that bat comes down, you're out of the game. <laughs> Harrison's been up one time, drew a walk. Brody's the runner at third, A.G. at first. The Expos are leading the Mets by a score of one to nothing. We're in the top of the third. Sunman sets up, now checks. Here's the pitch. Turned him inside at the shoulder, so it's two and zero. Oh. Leon Jones is on deck. Nolan Ryan has rejoined the Mets. He was away for weekend military duty. Might very well be the starter in tomorrow night's game. Tom Seaver will be pitching for the Mets here on Wednesday night. 2-0 pitch. Inside, it's 3-0 now to Harrison. Stoneman comes down to uh, question the call, and Bateman back over his shoulder saying a word or two. Bateman coming back now has a word or two to say to umpire Dick Stello. Stello is the junior member of this particular umpiring quartet. A.G. at first, Grody at third, a 3-0 pitch. He walked him, turned him inside. The bases are loaded for Cleon Jones. That's the third walk issued by Stoneman, two of them to Bud Harrelson. Jones has been up one time, and he fouled out to the catcher. Cleon with a season's average of 184. But in a spot right here where a base hit could do the Mets cause a lot of good, the Expos are leading him by a score of one to nothing.
It's a sunny afternoon here in Montreal. Comfortably warm, some cloud cover overhead. Runners lead at first, second, and third. Stoneman takes the time working straight away. End of the motion, the pitch to Cleon Jones. Curve ball and it's high. Archansky's on deck, and here comes manager Gene Mock out of the dugout and going to the mound. Organist Fernand Lafayette strikes up a tune, uh, started giving a little cadence for Gene Mott to march to as he was on the way out to the mound. More than one general manager in the National League has offered to trade the Montreal Expos out of their organist. announcer is bilingual Claude Mouton, and I know he's sorry that Angel Hermoso is no longer with the Expos, because he used to get described practically out in the aisles the way he pronounced the name, Angel Hermoso. Now march back to the dugout, the bases are loaded. Ball one is the count to Cleon Jones as Bill Stoneman looks in for a sign. Mid runners lead at first, second, and third, Stoneman steps back off the rubber. Cleon has stepped out at the plate. Now Jones settles himself back in. Brody at third, A.G. at second. Bud Harrelson is at first. 1-0 pitch. Chuck swing foul ball, off and out of play. So it's one and one now to Cleon Jones. going to get a little action down in the bullpen of the Montreal Expos here in the top half of the third. Howie Reed. Here's the pitch to Jones. And it's in there. Fastball down the pipe for a call strike. Jones took it and it's one and two. Right hand to Howie Reed throwing down there for Montreal. So the count has gone out of one ball and two strikes to Cleon. catcher, John Bateman, sends out a sign. The bases are loaded with two men out. Here's a one-two pitch. Swung on and foul back. He's still alive. Just got a little of it. Jones in the throes of a batting slump. Trying to battle his way out. One of the problems with the batting slump is frequently you take the good pitches and swing on the bad ones. back in now. Steps out and now comes back in. Defensively, they shade him a little toward right these days. Bill Stoneman's one-two delivery. Montreal, one in the match, nothing. 
We're at Jerry Park in Montreal. It's the Mets and the Experts going to the bottom of the third. Ron Fairley. Ron Fairley, the first baseman's coming up. And up one time and drew a walk. He's hitting 293. Make that 273. Jerry Gentry with the pitch. High and away for a ball. Gentry has struggled through the first two innings. The Expos had the bases loaded in each of the first two innings. Scored one run in the second. Don Cardwell was warming up at the finish of the second for the Mets. Here is a pitch low. Gentry goes behind 2-0. In his last previous appearance, Gentry had the one-hitter, the strong one-hitter, against the Chicago Cubs. Now the 2-0 pitch to Ron Fairley. Fun on it. And here down the right field line, curving over toward the stands, and it's going to go into the seats and out of play. Dave Marshall came over. Marshall's in right field today, and Art Chamsky's playing first base. As manager Gil Hodges has gone back to platooning. That's platoon last year, right on up through the championship playoff and the World Series. They platooned themselves to the World Championship. Here's a swing and a foul ball off and out of play. Jimmy Bragan, the coach at first, stops it and tosses it back out to Gentry. A count of two balls and two strikes. Fans are standing two and three deep all around the outfield fence. It's a low wire fence, and beyond it, there's standing room. Curveball is high. So it goes three and two now to Ron Fairley with Jim Barry on deck. Fans are sitting on the ground down in front of the lowest rows of the bleachers on and left. beyond the right field fence here. It's 340 feet to the foul pole and 368 to a point out in front of the scoreboard. Willie Stargell of the Pirates last year hit one into the swimming pool. Here's the pitch. Swung on it in the air to center field and A.G. goes back. He's there. Plenty of room. And he makes the catch. It's 420 feet to the low wire fence and straightaway center. One away here in the bottom of the third, and Jim Ferry is coming up now. But up one time, and he hit into a double play. Here's the pitch. Inside for a ball. It is a legal holiday in Canada, so that all the government offices are closed today. Most of the smaller shops are closed. The larger department stores are open. Pitches in for a call strike. It's one and one. One man out, nobody on base. Jerry Gentry's pitch swung on. Fouled out to the left side, out of play. Cola Boy is waiting on deck. 
We'll be broadcasting and televising tomorrow night at 8 o'clock New York time. Now, pitch and misses outside. Dan McGann will be pitching tomorrow night for the Expos. He's the left-hander who defeated Tom Seaver and the Mets last week in New York. Here's a 2-2 pitch. Swung on, foul off. He jammed him. It's right off the handle. Coming back out of play, and the count holds it 2-2. Carl Morton will be pitching on Wednesday night here for the Expos against the Mets' Tom Seaver. Gentry offers 2-2. Swung on, fouled off. The count continues. Montreal won the Mets nothing. Some of the younger ball players who had not been here often, if at all, having a great time on the bus coming out with the French signs. Trying out their high school French. Here's a 2-2 pitch. Curveball. It's in the other Ichi comes up and makes the catch. Two runner out. Line drive out there. And Coco Lavoie coming up now. He's been up one time and struck out. Coco is hitting 141 for the season. He's been in the throw into a batting slump. He's had six runs batted in this year. Nine years in the minors in the St. Louis Cardinal system before being obtained by the Expos in the expansion draft. Curveball. Swung out and missed. Strike one. Jerry Grody flashes a sign for Gentry. Pitches on the corner for a tall strike two. 0 oh 2 to Lavoie. the 0-2 pitch. Took a lot off of it, got him out in front and struck him out. So Gentry, as his third strike out, he got the side in order. First strong inning he's had. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left. And at the end of three full innings of play, the score is the Expos won in the Mets nothing. This is Lindsey Nelson with Ralph Cantor and Bob Murphy in Montreal. Through three innings of play, the Expos are leading the Mets by a score of one to nothing, and now Art Shamsky's coming up. He's been up one time, and he's struck out. The capacity, the listed capacity of this ballpark is 28,456. I guess we have uh, considerably more than that. Here's a pitch outside. 1-0. Ken Boswell is next in the Met batting order. Stoneman's pitch. Breaks inside low, and it's 2-0. He did quite a job here, Lindsay, in putting this park up because it was just a little playground park and had capacity of about 5,000 seats. They added out all the other seats and made a very attractive ballpark out of it. Here's a 2-0 pitch, and it's in there for a call strike. Well, you're exactly right. It was a playground ballpark, and the capacity really at that time was 2,500. And when word got to... Uh, some of the people around the National League that they had exceeding capacity of 2,500, they said, you mean 25,000? They said, no, it means 2,500. 
but they uh, certainly did a great job in getting it together. Here's a swing and a drive out in the center field, and Jim Ferry is there to make the catch. Shamsky has gone out to center for the first start in the fourth inning, and Ken Boswell is up. He's been up one time, and he grounded out second to first. Missed have had only one base hit off Bill Stoneman. That was a single, a looping single by A.G. to center field in the third inning. The Mets had the bases loaded then with two men out, and Cleon Jones struck out to end the inning. came up empty and turning and holding it first is Ken Boswell with a ground single to right. The second hit for the Mets off Bill Stoneman. Coming up now is Dave Marshall. Dave Marshall. Marshall's been up one time and he popped out to first base. Sets up, checks the runner at first. Curveball, and it's low. Stoneman has struck out four and walked three here this afternoon. One zero delivery, and it's in for a call strike. We were saying at the outset of the broadcast that this is the first time that. The reigning world champions of baseball ever appeared here. Last year, of course, was the first time that there was a major league franchise in Montreal. That pitch is low for a ball. So it's two and one. And the reigning world champions during last season were the Detroit Tigers, who were not here. Boswell leads it first. 2-1 pitch. Swung on and hit up the alley in left center. Moving over is Mac Jones, and he can't get it. It's in between. Boswell is coming to third. He'll come home. Marshall's on his way to third. Maybe a play on him. Run scores for the third. Marshall's out at third base. Marshall's out. Cut him down at third as he went sliding in. Coco LaVoy got the tag on him. Joe Foyle's coming up now. There's nobody on base. First one. Two men out. Third baseman, Joe Foy. Ball was run down out in the track. And it was 8-6-5 on the relay. Jim Ferry to Bobby Wine to Coco LeBoy. Now Foy is up. Here's a pitch curveball high. Ferry to Wine to LeBoy. So it's a double and a run battered in for Marshall. A big put out for the Expos. 
So the Mets, instead of having the go-ahead run on a third with one man out, have nobody on with two men out. Base hits back-to-back for the Mets for the first time in the ballgame. 2-0 pitch to Foy. Curveball is high. Bill Stoneman goes behind 3-0, and Jerry Grody's waiting on deck. I walked him. That's the fourth walk given up by Stoneman today. Here's the Mets, a very strong with two away, and Grody, the batter, he's been up one time and drew a walk on that occasion. Grody is hitting 193. Carefree spring driving is as close as your nearest Rayco Auto Service Center. Put your car in the hands of a Rayco expert. You'll keep your car looking sharp, running smooth, stopping safe. right-hand batters in and waiting. Ron Fairley, the first baseman for Montreal, holds against the runner. Joe Foy leading off the bag. Throw over. Foy's back safely. Pitch is in for a call strike, throw to second, and he is safe. Boy, has a stolen base. Bateman's throw in and on a hop. It is 10 of 12 now for Foy. His 10th stolen base in 12 attempts. The Mets has a club 41 of 53. It was a curveball that he ran on. It was in the strike zone. Gertie laid off, so the count is strike one. Bateman goes out for a word with his pitcher. Now, the Mets have a runner in scoring position here with two men out. You'll recall that the Expos pulled off a triple steal with the bases loaded against the Mets and Ray Sadecki in Shea Stadium recently. This pitch is high. Stoneman goes now to 1-1 to Grody. Cody bats number eight in the Met order. Joe Foy leads off the bag at second as Bill Stoneman sets up off the stretch and offers a 1-1 pitch. Here, ball it on the ground deep short. Taken by Bobby Wine. Plays over to Ron Fairley in time and the side is out. So it is one run on two hits. No errors, and a man left in the middle of the fourth inning. The score is tied. The Mets won, and the Expos won. The catcher, John Bateman. Coming up now to lead off for Montreal, John Bateman, the catcher. He's been up one time and had a base hit. Gary Gentry has been in all the way for the Mets. And here's the pitch to the right-hand batter. It's in for a call strike. In the National League, it is all-night action. Philadelphia Phillies have lost nine in a row, and they're at Pittsburgh against the Powers tonight. Jim Bunning, one and four, against Bob Moose, two and three. Swinging a foul ball off and out of play. 
The Chicago Cubs, still on top, just barely, in the Eastern Division of the National League, are at Cincinnati. Take on the Reds tonight. Bill Hands, 5-2, against Ray Washburn, who had won one and lost one none and lost none. St. Louis Cardinals, who took two or three from the Cubs over the weekend, are at Houston tonight. Bob Gibson, 2-2 two and two against Larry Durker, who's won seven and lost two. There's a curveball. In for a call strike. Larry Durker, who's won seven and lost two. There's a curveball. In for a call strike. A call by umpire, Dick Stello. So Bateman turns now and marches back toward the dugout. Stello sort of waited. And then gave it the big strike off. Strikeout number four for Gary Gentry in the ballgame, and Bobby winds up. And up one time and had a base hit. Los Angeles Dodgers are at San Diego. It's Sandy Vance, three and one, against Danny Coombs, three and two. There's a swing of foul ball, off and out of play. The Atlanta Braves and the San Francisco Giants are not scheduled. All the action in the American League is likewise at night. The Baltimore Orioles are at New York with Mike Cuellar, 4-2 against Fritz Peterson, who's won 4 and lost 2 also. Pitch to wine is low and away. The Detroit Tigers riding a five-game losing streak are at Fenway Park against the Red Sox. Joe Necro, 3-3 three three against Sonny Siebert, 3-1. Here's a 1-1 pitch, low and away. Washington, the Senators have lost nine straight. Barry Moore is three and two against George Brunette, two and four. Minnesota Twins are at Kansas City. Jim Cott, four and one against Bill Butler, two and two. The Cal Angels are at Chicago. Andy Messersmith, four and three against Billy Wynn, zero oh and one. Here's a pitch in for a call strike, two two. The fans are helping uh, Dick Stello umpire a little. It's always easier to umpire from the stands, Lindsay. <laughs> Never could figure out why the umpires didn't work from on stands back here. 2-2 two, two pitch. Get on the ground to second base. Boswell gets the hop, plays over to Shamsky. And two men are out. That'll bring up Bill Stoneman. Been up one time and struck out. Score is tied here, 1-1. Those of you that didn't get the information, Jake Aaron got his 3,000th base hit in a ball game against Cincinnati yesterday, and he joins a pretty select group, the Hall of Famers. Yes, sir, he got a ground ball base hit up the middle for the 3,000th one. Rico Cardi's streak was stopped at 31. Bunted up the first baseline. It'll go foul if they let it roll, and they do. And it's gloved by Shamsky in foul territory. So it is strike one. Henry Aaron also hit his 16th homer later in the ball game, the 570th of his career. Well, it's off to a fairly good start, though. He certainly is. He, he leads the league in uh, home runs, runs batted in, and he's really having himself a start. Two men out here, Montreal batting in the bottom of the fourth, nobody on base. That's low for a ball. One and one now to Bill Stoneman. One-one pitch. 
Run it again up the first baseline. Gentry will have to play it, and he passed. On his first, this gunman, as Gentry tried to pick it up, and came up empty. He was sitting when he tried to pick it up. He had slipped down, and he was sitting, tried to pick it up, and could not. So he just sat there for a moment and looked at it. There was no play. So it's short of the base hit. The second First two men out, Marv Staley is coming out. He's been up twice, fly to center and single to drive in a run. That was the fifth hit for the Expos off Gary Gentry. Pitch to the left-hand batter, and it's in there for a call strike. Gary Gentry was a little concerned in the dugout before the ball game with the fact that the pants of his uniform had shrunk a little in the latest washing, and he is a very mild-looking ball player. And uh, those skin-tight pants out there today. Here's a pitch outside for a ball. It's one and one. Stoneman's the runner at first with two men out, and the score is tied 1-1. Gentry has struck out four, walk two, and allowing one run on five hits. Swinging a foul ball down the left field line, out of play. One and two. Stoneman comes back to a tag up at first. Staley shallow in center and right. Breaking pitch just missed inside. It's one and two. Gentry was hoping he'd get a strikeout pitch. This will be a 2-2 delivery. And it's on the way. Curveball, swung on and missed. Gentry gets his fifth strikeout, and the side is retired. He got Miles Daly swinging. No runs a hit, no errors, and one left. The end of four full innings of play. The score is the Mets one and the Expos one. I don't know, Ralph. It must be catching. Gary Brooks, our engineer, just gave me the ten-second warning by saying, "Beat all the way from New Jersey." <laughs> Your attention, please. And now it'll be Gary Gentry coming up to lead off for the match facing Bill Stoneman. Through four innings, it is Montreal, one run, five hits, no errors. The match, one run, three hits, no errors. No, 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 Gary Gentry. Lindsay, our Mr. Murphy was a little worried about the fact that we're going to a French Western tonight and that he wasn't too sure if he'd be able to read the menu, and he was trying to get me to help him out, but I think I'm going to turn that chore over to you. The French restaurant we are going to, you'll have no trouble in, although it's an excellent restaurant. It was one time the favorite haunt of a football coach in this town named P. Ed Walker. And if P. Ed did well there, you'll have no trouble, believe me. Jerry Gentry is up. Stoneman's pitch, and it's foul back. One thing about Montreal that is enjoyable is that just about everything you see is done 
in both languages, English and French, so you don't really have any trouble. In fact, on the elevators, when you take them in the hotel, the elevator girl announces everything both ways, English and French, so it makes it very easy. Our young ball players are learning French just that way. Here's a pitch, and it's in there for a call strike, 0 and 2. What is it, about 80% of the people here speak French? Oh, between 70 and 80. But as you say, it is a bilingual city. Pitch is low, so it's 1 and 2 now to Gentry. Agee's on deck. Here's a one-two pitch. Outside for a ball, it's two and two. He had Walker had a little trouble in this city once when they sent him a quarterback who lined up behind the center and said, un de trois. And he had didn't really know what was happening. Here's a two-two pitch. Swung out and missed strike three. That is the fifth strikeout for Stoneman. One man out, and A.G. coming up for the match. He was called out on strike and had a base hit to center field. The three mid base hits have been by A.G. and Boswell singles and a double by Marshall. And he was thrown out trying to stretch it into a triple. Stoneman with the pitch. Right down the pipe for a call, strike one. Harrelson next in the order. Again the delivery. Curveball and it misses inside. So it's one ball and one strike. You could hardly have a better baseball day than this. One pitch, low and away. So it's two and one. The Mets started out on this road trip, a three-city road trip. They had not had a rain out this year. They were rained out in Chicago, rained out in Philadelphia. Although they won one in Chicago and won two in Philadelphia. Here's a pitch low, and it's gone to three and one now to A.G. Came in here to a beautiful baseball day. We'll be here again tomorrow night and again on Wednesday night. Back at Shea Stadium, Friday night against the Chicago Cubs. The Mets and Cubs again on Saturday afternoon. And a doubleheader Sunday. Swinging a ground ball to second. Staley can't handle it. It's through his legs and not out in the right field. Backs up by Saab. It is an error charge against Staley. And A.G.'s on it first. Squarely between his legs. That is the first error. Right through the wicket. Right through the wicket. And Fred Harrelson's coming up now. Twice and one both times. Bateman calls time, goes out for a word with Stoneman. The Mets trying to build a go-ahead run here in the top half of the fifth inning. Jerry Park in Montreal. Takes the sign, shuts up. Throw to first, it's not in time. 
just fouled off to the left side out of play. Strike one to Bert Harrelson. Leon Jones swinging the bat on deck. Texas lead at first. Runner goes, swinging a foul ball, back and out of play. So the count is now two strikes to Harrelson. That's that A.G. off and winging on the pitch. He's coming back to first now. Tommy had a good jump on that pitch and more than likely would have stolen the base, but the ball fouled off. So now it's a two-strike count with one man out. Score is tied here, 1-1. Two-strike delivery, curveball, line into center field for a base hit. A.G. goes to second and holds. Jim Farry's up with the ball, returns it, and Harrelson's on. He just punched that ball. Soft liner out over second into center field. With one man out, the Mets have runners at first and second, and Cleon Jones is coming up. Foul to the catcher and struck out. Cleon Jones. Bud Harrelson has just delivered his 40th base hit of the season. What a year he's having. Cleon Jones, 0 for 2, with a batting average right now of 182 for the season. Group chanting, go Mets, go. Pick off attempt at second. A.G. gets back safely. Bobby Wine, the shortstop, had moved in behind him. Stoneman again checks the runners at first and second. Here's the curveball inside, and the bullpen core is going to work. Mike Wagoner, Howie Reed, throwing in the bullpen. Mike Wagoner, Howie Reed, both right-handers warming up for the Montreal Expos. Wagoner recently came off the disabled list and has not yet made an appearance this season. Med runners lead at first and second with one man out. This time Staley moves to the bag and A.G. gets back. No throw is made. Pitcher Bill Stellman just turns around and holds the ball. Good speed on the bases here. A.G. at second, Harrelson at first. That pitch is down the pipe for a call strike. It's one and one. Stoneman got Leon Jones twice on curveballs. He got him to foul out the first time, and the second time he struck him out on a one-two curveball. And right there, that pitch a fastball, and Cleon evidently looking for the curve. There's one man out here. Art Chamsky's on deck. Stoneman has the sign. He sets up and checks. Here's the pitch. Get on the ground towards second. And it's taken by Staley. He goes to wind. The throw to first. He beats the relay. The ball is dropped. Going on to third is A.G. holding there. Two men out. Runners at first and third. The call had already been made by Barlick at first on Jones. Safe before the ball was dropped by the first baseman, Ron Fairley. So the force is made from Staley to wide. The Mets 
had visions of a double play for a moment, but Jones legged it out. So now it's up to Shamsky. First base for the ball was run. All right, Shamsky. Shamsky struck out and lined out to center so far. Hitting 312 for the season. Left-hand batter facing a right-hand pitcher. The Mets making a bid to go ahead here in the top half of the fifth inning. The score is tied 1-1. Runners at first and third. Two men out. Here's the pitch. Curveball. Low. And it's ball one. And the pitch. And it loops out into short center. Going back is Wan. Can he get there? Yes, he can. And Bobby Wan makes the catch going away. So the side is retired. No run. One hit, an error, and two left. And in the middle of the fifth inning, the score is the Mets one and Montreal one. We will continue this game on the next cassette. Facing Gary Gentry. Jones has doubled and was hit by a pitch ball. That's low for ball one. Score tied 1-1. The Expos have five hits and the Mets have four. Gentry's pitch to Mac Jones. Slow changeup and it is high. 2-0. Rusty Staub is the next man in the order. Two-o delivery. One on is high in the air to right field and moving over is Marshall. He's across the line and foul territory near the stand. Tries to reach in and cannot. So it's a long foul ball. Marshall got right over there, tried to reach into the stands for it. Jones around first, cuts across the infield, coming back to the plate now. Two balls and one strike to him. Tomorrow night, Danny McGinn, the left-hander, will be pitching for Montreal. Either Nolan Ryan or Ray Sadecki for the New York Mets. Uh, Morton against Tom Seaver here on Wednesday night. Swinging a foul ball, it's out of play, and the count's two balls and two strikes. Gentry again goes into the motion and offers 2-2. Two, two. Breaking pitch, swung out and missed. Struck him out, strike out number six for Gentry. One away here in the bottom half of the fifth inning. We pause for station identification. This is the New York Metal Baseball Network.
You're listening to New York Mets Baseball on WKAJ-FM 102.3 in Saratoga Springs, New York, the home of the New York Mets. This is Lindsey Nelson with Ralph Kanter and Bob Murphy in Montreal at Jerry Park. Mets and the Expos tied 1-1 in the fifth. Rusty Staub's up. Here's a swing and a fly ball into short right. It'll be a long run in for Marshall, but he gets there. The trajectory of the ball is high enough to allow him to make the move. He was playing rather deep. Two away, Ron Thurley is coming up now. Walked and flied to center so far. Gentry's pitch to the left-hand batter. Swung on and missed for strike one. John McHale is the president of the Montreal Expos, and Jim Fanning is the general manager. Both came out of the commissioner's office to these positions. Pitches in for a strike. McHale, the former president of the Atlanta Braves, the Milwaukee Braves, and former general manager of the Detroit Tigers, and the former second baseman of Notre Dame. Backs out of the batter's box. He's back in and waiting. Two-strike delivery. This is low and away, so it's one and two. Jim Ferry leaning on the bat. The on-deck circle. Here's the one-two pitch. Curveball. Swung on and missed. Strikeout number seven for Gentry, and that retires the side in the fifth. Strong inning for Gentry. Retired the side in order with two strikeouts. No runs, no hits, no errors, and none left. At the end of five full innings of play, the score is the Mets won and the Expos won. Through five innings of play, the New York Mets one run, four hits, no errors. The Montreal Expos one run, five hits, and one error. We're going to the sixth, and here for the play-by-play, Ralph Kiner. Thank you, Lindsay Nelson, and hi, everyone. Bienvenue, as they say here in Montreal. Pitches in this ball game have been throwing a lot of breaking pitches, and it has been a strong pitching performance by both Gary Gentry here in the latter part of the ball game, especially, and Bill Stoneman. First man will be our, pardon me, Ken Boswell for the Mets. Ken has a base hit and two times up, and he has scored the only run of the game for the Mets. Montreal got a run in the second. It was driven in by the second baseman, Staley, and now Boswell to lead off, and the first pitch is lined into right field, a base hit. Then Boswell singled off a curveball on the first pitch his last time up. So the Mets have the go-ahead run at first base with no one out in the top of the sixth inning, and Dave Marshall coming up. Dave doubled the left center field to drive in the Mets' run in the fourth inning. He was thrown out trying to stretch it into a three-base hit. Marshall had a 2-1 curveball deep in the alley in left center field to drive in the Mets' time run. Marshall now with 11 runs batted in, batting an even 300. Six of his 12 base hits have been for extra bases. Boswell hitting that 291 before his base hit. And the pitch to Marshall is taken in for a call strike. Both sides with five base hits. In 
that 1-1 ball game. Marshall, a left-hand batter. And now Bill Stoneman back to the plate. And a changeup is outside. One ball and one strike. One ball, one strike. Boswell at first base, no one out. And Stoneman, a very slow worker in the mound, sets, comes back to the plate, and a changeup this time catches the outside corner. One ball, one strike. Stoneman last year had a record of 11 wins and 19 losses. One of his wins a no-hitter. He was 1-3 against the Mets. And his lifetime record in the major leagues, 14 wins, 30 losses. Throw to first base, chases Boswell back. This year, Stoneman with a record of one win and six losses and no decisions against the Mets. And the right-hander sets... Boswell is running, and the pitch is hit out toward left field. Coming over is Max Jones, and he makes a good running catch. Boswell, who is down to second, now hustles back to first. So on the hit-and-run play, Jones hustling over near the foul line, comes up with the fly ball, and the Expos get their first man out here in the top of the sixth inning. Now Joe Foy coming up. Joe has walked. He walked in four pitches his last time up. He also has grounded back to the pitcher. Foy hitting 218 with one home run and 12 runs batted in. 1-1 one, one ball game. One man out, top of the sixth. And Stoneman, again from the set position. And the pitch, it is swung on and fouled off the glove of the catcher, John Bateman. Expos with Bateman catching. Ron Fairley at first base, Marv Staley at second, Bobby Wine at shortstop, and Coco LaBoy at third. In the outfield, Mac Jones in left field, Jim Ferry in center field, and Rusty Staub in right. Now the next pitch, a curve grounded out to the third baseman, but foul. Ball taken just at the bag in foul territory. So the count goes to strike two. Mets brought a four-game winning streak into this ballpark, and the Expos brought a fine road trip record into the ballpark. They won four of their six games on the road. Expos with a record of 12 wins and 21 losses this year. Last year at this point they had 11 wins and 22 losses. Mets have a record of 18 and 16 this year. One half game back of the Cubs. Last year they were 16 and 18 at this point. Two strike pitch does not come off as the throw goes to first base. Boswell back easily. Now Stoneman to the plate, and a curveball is just off the plate. Close pitch, but outside. It's one and two. Boy, when he was on base as a result of his walk in the fourth inning, stole second base, his tenth stolen base of the year. But he was left at second. Mets have left three runners in scoring position. The Expos have left four. Now the next pitch, low one outside. It's two and two. Another close pitch, but just off. Edging off at first base, and the 2-2 pitch hit hard to left field, a base hit. 
Line shot between the shortstop and third baseman. And on the play, Boswell goes to second base and holds there. So the Mets now have the go-ahead run at second base with one away. And the batter's Jerry Grody. Goes the the catcher, Jerry Grody. Grody is 0 for 1. He also has walked. That's now with a total of six base hits. And once again, Howie Reed, a knuckleballing right-hander, starting to warm up along with Mike Wegener, also a right-hander. And the first pitch to Grody outside and high. It's ball one. Mets have had base runners in this ball game in the third, fourth, and fifth innings. They had three on in the third. Leon Jones was struck out in that situation. Here comes Cal McClish out to the mound to talk with the pitcher. In the fourth inning, they had Joe Foy at second base, but Jerry Grody grounded out to the shortstop. In the fifth inning, the Mets had runners at first and third, and Archamsky popped up to the shortstop. Now here they have runners at first and second with one away. Now, Cal McClish, the veteran right-hand pitcher and pitching coach of the Expos, back to the bench, and Stoneman set to go. Howie Reed in the bullpen once spent some spring training time with the New York Mets. One ball, no strike count. Stoneman working very slowly now to the plate. And a curveball's hit deep to left center field. It's way back there. Going back on the warning track is Mac Jones, and he makes the catch. Boswell, who was off the bag, goes back to tag up and starts toward third, but then holds up as Jones gets the ball back in. Oh, Mac Jones getting a hand for his running catch. And the Expos have their second man out, and the batter coming up is Gary Gentry. Gentry has struck out his two times up. 1-1 ball game. The Mets with runners at first and second base. Gentry has been up 17 times this year with one base hit. He has driven in one run. Boswell at second. Joe Foy behind him at first. And the pitch. Hanging curveball taken over the inside corner for called strike. We've got an overflow crowd here at Jerry Park. Might be the biggest crowd ever here in Montreal to see a professional baseball game. One strike pitch. It's over the inside corner. Strike two called. Gentry was leading away, and now he walks away and drops his bat. Some of the guesses are that the attendance might be as high as 30,000. And Stoneman set to go at two strikes. Here's the pitch to Gentry, and he misses with a curve that's high and outside. One and two. What does the park hold, Lindsay? 28,456? That's right. That's the official seating capacity. They've had more than that. They've had a little over 29,100 for their opener. 
One ball and two strikes. Stoneman sets. Checks the runner at second, comes to the plate. And the curve is low. Two and two. Last year, the Expos drew a million two hundred thousand people in their first season. An all-time record for an expansion ball club. They have enthusiasm here. Two balls, two strikes. The pitch to Gentry. Swung on and missed. And a strikeout number six for Bill Stroman. Third time he's picked up Gary Gentry. It retires aside. No runs, two hits, no errors, and two men left on. And the score in the middle of the sixth inning. The Mets won, the Expos won. We're going to the bottom of the sixth inning in the 1-1 ball game. First game of a scheduled three-game series, and it's a pitching duel between Bill Stroman of the Expos and Gary Jetry of the New York Mets. First batter for Gentry will be the center fielder, Jim Ferry. Jim, a left-hand batter, will be followed by the third baseman, Coco LaBoy, and then the catcher, John Bateman. Both pitchers have been recording some strikeouts. Gentry has seven, and Stoneman has six. First pitch, a fastball at the knees, a call strike. Curry grounded into a double play in the first inning to end an inning. He was hitting with the bases loaded and one man out. Second time up, he lined the center field in the third. Now swing in the miss and a strike two. Jim Ferry batting 268. He has three home runs, 18 runs batted in. Left-hand batter. And Gentry with his two-strike delivery. He misses with a fastball outside. One and two. Gentry had the bases loaded in the first and second innings with only one run scoring. And he comes back with a fastball that's inside. Two and two. He got out of the jam in the first on the double play. In the second, he had to give up a run on a base hit by Marv Staley. Scoring John Bateman. And he got Rusty Staub to foul out with the bases loaded. Now a high foul ball into the stands. The count stays at two balls and two strikes. In the last 33 innings, only two runs have been scored against the Mets, and Bateman has scored both of them. Mets brought a 28-scoreless streak into this ball game. Fastball again fouled out of play. Bateman had picked up the last run against the Mets pitchers for the home run in the eighth inning against the Mets at Shea Stadium. And then here in the second, he broke the scoreless string when he scored from second base on the base hit by Marv Staley. Two balls, two strikes. No one out. Bottom of the sixth inning, a 1-1 ball game. Now Gentry into the windup and the pitch to the left-hand batter. High and away, ball three and a full count. Gentry has walked two batters in the ball game. They were both in the first inning. And now 3-2, the pitch to Ferry. 
It is in there for a good pitch, a swing and a miss, strike three. And on the pitch, Gentry fell down on the pitching mound. He had a good fastball in there, though, and that's his eighth strikeout. That brings up Coco LeBoy. Coco LeBoy. Coco has struck out the two times he has been up. LeBoy is a right-hand batter. Batting at 140. And the first pitch is hit deep to left field. It's going wide. It is back. And Jones makes a high dive at it. He makes the catch. Jones with a high jump, taking that ball out of home run territory. And a fine play by Cleon Jones to keep the ball game at 1-1. They have an outfield fence that's about five feet high, and Cleon Jones went high in the air to take that ball that would have gone out of the ballpark. So now John Bateman batting with two men away. the right-hand batter, has a base hit and two times up, and he grounds one out to Joe Foy, the third baseman. Joe has it, flips the first base, a wide throw, and Chansey goes off the bag to catch it and gets back to the bag in time for the out. So on the fine play by Cleon Jones in left field, taking a home run away from Coco LeBoy, the side is retired in order. And the score at the end of six innings, the New York Mets won, the Montreal Expos won. Mets have had one run on six hits. The Expos have had one run on five hits. And the first batter for the Mets will be Tommy Agee, the leadoff batter in the ballgame. Tommy will be batting for the fourth time. He has a base hit in three times up. Tommy will be followed by Bud Harrelson and then Cleon Jones. A.G. hitting 222 with three home runs and nine runs batted in. Tommy blooped a single into center field in the third to get the Mets' first base hit. Came on a 2-2 fastball. And Bill Stoneman into the windup and the pitch. Slider over for a call strike. Stoneman has pitched out of jams in the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth innings. Mets got their one run in the fourth. Mets have left through those innings. Eight men on. Here's the one strike pitch. It's swung on and fouled back into the stand. Strike two. A.G., a right-hand batter, being played as an opposite field hitter by the center fielder Jim Ferry. Also very deep by the right fielder Rusty Staub. And the two-strike pitch. Fastball high and away. One and two. Very little breeze blowing here today. The wind usually is a prevailing wind toward right field. And it is blowing toward right today, but not too hard. Curveball in over the inside corner. Strike three. Strikeout number seven for Bill Stoneman. Second time he has struck out A.G. First inning, he struck him out of the 3-2 curveball looking, and now here again he got caught looking at a curve. That brings up Bud Harrelson, who has been on all three times he has been up. He walked twice and then singled into center field. Bud hitting 299. Bud has 39, make it 40 base hits to lead the club, and he has really done a job for the Mets this year. He leads the club in total bases. Batting left-handed against Stoneman. 
And he fouls the first pitch back, strike one. Fast ball up around the letters. Bud served a curveball in the center field on a two-strike count to get his base hit his last time up. Harrelson with his two walks. a total of 25 walks. And a curveball back round to slowly out the first base. Ron Fairley comes off the bag to take it and then he goes to the back for the out. Two up and two away and it brings up Cleon Jones. Cleon fouled out his first time up. Struck out his second time up with the bases loaded for the final out of the third inning. Hit into a force play with runners at first and second in the fifth inning. So he is 0 for 3. Cleon batting 180, still trying to fight his way out of the batting slump. Last year he hit 340. Cleon has driven in 10 runs in 29 ball games. And Bill Stoneman into the windup and the pitch. Curveball outside a ball. 1-1 ball game. Two men away, top of the seventh inning. And the right-handers pitch back as a curve over to knees, over the heart of the plate, and it's one and one. Leon has just not been able to get in the right thinking sequence with the pitchers. One pitch, fastball low and away. Two balls, one strike. Leon has had no home runs this year. He's had four extra base hits of his 18 hits, three doubles and a triple. And a 2-1, the pitch by Stoneman. Fastball low and away, and they count three balls and one strike. On deck batter, Art Chamsky. Sunshining here at Jerry Park in Montreal. Beautiful day. 3-1 pitch to Cleon. Curveball popped up. Second baseman Marv Staley right on the edge of the outfield grass. And he made the cuts to the side as we got. One, two, three inning for Bill Stoneman. Only the second time in the ball game he has retired the Mets in order. The other time is back in the second. And the score in the middle of the seventh. The Mets won, Montreal won. We go now to the bottom of the seventh inning. And Bobby Wine will lead off for the Expos. 1-1 ball game. Gary Gentry dueling with Bill Stolman. Mets have six base hits in the game. Montreal five. Bobby Wine has one of the five hits the Expos have. He singled the center field on a 2-2 fastball back in the second. His other time up, he grounded out to second base, and the first pitch is flopped back to the mound, taken by Gentry, and the sort of first base in time for the out. So Bobby Wine had been 2-14 before the out, the first out in the bottom half of the seventh. That brings up the pitcher, Bill Stoneman. Stoneman had the last base hit against Gary Gentry. It came in the fourth inning on a punt. Expos got four hits in the first two innings, three of them in the second when they scored. 
And the only hit since then has been the bunt by Bill Stoneman. For Stoneman, it was his second hit of the year. He has been up 18 official times. And the first pitch is high a ball. Montreal scoring in the second, taking a one nothing lead. The Mets came back in the fourth inning on a double by Dave Marshall to drive in Ken Boswell, who had singled from first base to tie the game up. Now another bunt. This one out in front of the plate, and it's a play for Jerry Gordy. Not hard. And he comes up and gets his man. Ball was not bunted out far enough, and Jerry Gordy got out and fielded the ball and had plenty of time to pick up the out. So we're two men away in the seventh inning and the top of the batting order coming up. We pause for station identification. This is a New York Mets baseball network. You're listening to New York Mets baseball on WKAJ-FM 102.3 in Saratoga Springs, New York, the home of the New York Mets. Along with Bob Murphy and Lindsey Nelson from Montreal and Quebec, Canada. A 1-1 ball game, two men away in the bottom of the seventh inning. And the batter coming up for the Expos will be their leadoff batter, Marv Staley. Marv drove in a run his second time up. He's one for three in the game. On a 1-1 pitch, he singled into right center field to drive in John Bateman from second base. And the first pitch by Gentry, a curveball, low, it's ball one. For Staley, the run batted in was his ninth this year, batting at 264. Left-hand batter. Gentry back, and a fastball misses high and away. Two balls, no strikes. One of the big plays in this ball game, a catch of a ball that would have been out of the ballpark by Cleon Jones on Coco LaBoy. It came in the sixth. And the next pitch is inside in the count. Three balls and no strikes on Staley. On deck batter, Mac Jones. Gentry with a lifetime record of 17 and 13 working for the Mets. This is his eighth start this year, and he comes back and picks up a strike. Three and one. He has a record of four and one this year and no record against the Expos. And the young right-hander back and the three-one delivery is hit into the stands foul on the third base side. So the count full. Three balls, two strikes. Two, two men away, 1-1 one, one game, bottom of the seventh inning. Sign goes out and Gentry back to the plate, and the ball is grounded to the first baseman, Art Chamsky, and the side is retired on Chamsky's unassisted play at first. In order, and the score at the end is seven. The Mets one, Montreal one. Now coming up rightly at Jerry Park in Montreal, and we have a new record for attendance for a single ball game here in Montreal. And to tell you about it, Bob Murphy. The largest crowd ever to witness a game is Jerry Park in Montreal, 31,004. An overflow crowd, the seating capacity, 28,456. The previous high had been 29,184 for the opening game against the St. Louis Cardinals a year ago. A legal holiday in Canada, Queen Victoria's birthday celebration. Government office buildings closed today. The stores are open. Weatherman cooperated beautifully. And the record crowd seeing a very good ball game. The game is tied 1-1 as we go to the eighth inning. And Art Chamsky will lead off against Bill Stoneman. Hart has struck out, flied to center, and popped to short. 
Now the windup by Stoneman. Here's the pitch. Fastball, it's high, ball one. Mike Jorgensen is warming his arm up down in the Mets bullpen. Ken Boswell, the on-deck batter, and then Dave Marshall, three left-hand hitters coming up against Stoneman. And a fly ball well hit toward left center field. Jim Ferry dashing over. He's getting there. Makes the catch in deep left center. One man away. Ball was high enough to give Ferry a chance to catch up with it. And he made the grab over in left center field. Now one out and nobody on. And the batter will be Kenny Boswell. Boswell has two for three. Kenny singled her right in the fourth inning and later came home with the run that tied the game. <coughs> New York, one run, six hits and no errors. Montreal, one run, five hits and one error. And the pitch on the way. High ball one. Night games tomorrow night and Wednesday night, then back to Shea. The Mets play the Cubs Friday night at Shea Stadium, and Jerry Kuzman will be on the mound. Stoneman delivers. He took a little off on his fastball, but missed high. It's two balls and no strikes. Stoneman has walked four, struck out seven. He has not walked a batter since the fourth inning. We are now on the top of the eighth inning with the game tied 1-1. This is over a call strike. Boswell was taking his 2-1. and one. around to right in the outfield against Boswell, a pull hitter. And the pitch by Bill Stoneman. Low and outside, it's ball three, three and one. Boswell on his two for three today, raising his batting average to an even 300. Johnny Bateman working behind the plate for the Expos. Boy in close at third against Kenny Boswell. Now the 3-1 delivery. Ball four. Boswell is on. Walk number five given up by the right-hander, Bill Stoneman. And the first walk since he walked Foy back in the fourth inning. Dave Marshall coming up. Dave has one for three. He drove home Boswell with a long double to left center field back in the fourth inning. He was out trying for a triple. Great relay throw by Bobby Wine, the Montreal shortstop, nailed Marshall at third base. Now Stoneman will work from the stretch. And the pitch to Marshall, a curve that's in, strike one call. Now Ron Swoboda starts loosening his arm up down in the bullpen. Mullen will start warming up for the Montreal Expos. Here's the pitch on the way. High. Marshall started to go and then checked on his swing. One ball and one strike. 31,004, an all-time record crowd today at Jerry Park. The record being set on a Monday afternoon. Boswell leads off. He's running. Now the pitch. High outside. The peg by Bateman. He is out of second. Bobby Wine came down in time with the tag. Boswell trying to get into scoring position. 
Johnson is thrown out. That's one out of two in this ball game, running against the Expos. In the fourth inning, Joe Foy was successful. So the runner is off the baselines, two outs and nobody on. The batter, Dave Marshall, with a count of two balls and a strike. Joe Foy waiting on deck. And the pitch by Bill Stoneman, curve inside, ball three, three and one. In the power alleys in this ballpark, the distance to the fence is 368, both in left center and in right center. Center field area is a big one, 420 feet out. You pull the ball down the lines, it's 340. Change of swing and miss. Beautiful change of pace by Bill Stoneman. Marshall trying to hit that one over the fence. Now it's three and two. That's one in the Expos. One, we're in the top of the eighth inning. Now Stoneman out of his windup. And a long drive that may go foul. It's down the right field line being chased by Staub. A foul ball over the fence. No, fair ball. Fair ball. Just inside the foul pole. Just inside the foul pole. A home run for Dave Marshall. Marshall puts the Mets in front two to one. He pulled that one right down the line. Well, one thing about Marshall, he got fooled in that 3-1 change of pace, and when he came back with a change-up on the 3-2 count, he was ready for it, and he drove that thing right down the line, 340 feet away. For Dave Marshall, a seven of his 13 base hits this year with the New York Mets have gone for extra bases. He's had some big hits. Joe Foy is the batter, and he takes the curve in for a call strike. That's Marshall's second home run of the year. The other was a grand slam off Gaylord Perry. Mets lead now, 2-1. We're in the eighth inning. And the pitch to Foy is inside and high. One ball, one strike. That ball was hit right down the line. The only question, Ralph, was whether it was going to be fair or foul. I should have looked at the umpire, and I didn't. I watched the ball, and from here it's impossible to tell. I thought the ball had gone just the other side of the foul pole. Now a fastball in for a call strike. It's one and two. Al Barlick, of course, is straddling the line. Nobody can see it any better than he. And Dave Marshall has driven in both New York runs today. That's lead down 2-1. One-two delivery on the way to Joe Foy is outside and low. It's two and two. And Marshall with two extra base hits. Has driven in at both runs. Mets lead 2-1. Dave raising his batting average to 310. The 2-2 delivery. Fly ball. Well hit the deep right field by Joe Foy. It's up there at Mike. It is gone. A home run. Back-to-back home runs in the eighth inning. As Joe Foy connects to the opposite field. For Joe Foy, his second home run of the year. His previous home run was off Rick Wise of the Philadelphia Phillies on the 19th of April. Now the Mets have an insurance run, and they lead 3-1. Joe going for a 2-2 fastball. It was out away from him, and he just drilled that ball deep over that right field fence. He really went with it. 
Back-to-back home runs. Now the hitter is Jerry Grody. Jerry has drawn a walk, bounced to short, and flied to deep left field. Grody didn't miss a home run by very much. His last time up in the sixth inning. Bill Stallman cranks it up. Here's the pitch to Jerry. Curve the tie. One ball and no strikes. New York, three runs on eight hits. No errors. Montreal, one, five, and one. Now the pitcher on the way. And a high drive deep to left field over toward the line. Racing back, Matt Jones at the fence. He cannot get it. It's gone for a home run. Three in a row for the New York Mets. Jerry Grody hitting one right down the left field line and just beyond the reach of Matt Jones. Jones draped himself over that side-thrown wire fence near the foul pole. And we have to wait for the call by the third base umpire, Paul Pryor. Three in a row, and that brings Gene Mott out of the dugout. Well, that'll send everybody digging into the Mets record book to see whether or not we have another Mets first. is on the mound making a pitching change. Ron Ramon is coming in. The Mets now lead 4-1 on three straight home runs. Things look bleak for the New York Mets and Boswell, who was on first with a one out, was out stealing. It appeared that Bill Stoneman then was in good shape, two outs and nobody on. But Dave Marshall hit one right down the right field line that was just fair for a home run. Joe Foy hit one over the right field fence that was fair by a wide margin. And Jerry Grody hit one right down the left field line that was probably fair by about five to ten yards. So it's three to one. Ramon takes over the pitching. So let's leave four to one. And while Ramon is getting wound up on the mound, for the lineup of the Major League games tonight, let's check it out. Okay, Bob Murphy Philadelphia is scheduled against Pittsburgh. The Phillies have lost their last nine, and they're going to try and stop that losing streak with Jim Bunning on the mound. He has a record of one and four this year. Pittsburgh will be going with Bob Moose, his record two and three. Chicago, and they lead the Mets by two percentage points. And, of course, if the Mets win here in this ballgame, they'll go in the first place. We'll be playing in Cincinnati. Bill Hands 5-2 and two against Ray Washburn, 0-0. Oh oh. St. Louis scheduled at Houston. Gibson 2-2 two two against Larry Durker, 7-2. The Dodgers are against San Diego. And Sandy Vance, 3-1 against Danny Coombs, 3-2. In the American League, all night games, Baltimore, New York. Mike Cuellar scheduled for Baltimore. He's 4-2. Chris Peterson for the Yankees. He also is 4-2. Detroit, they've lost five straight, playing at Boston. Joe Nico, 3-3, three three, 40. Detroit, Sonny Siebert, 3-1, going for Boston. Cleveland at Washington. Washington also with a nine-game losing streak. And Washington will be going with George Burnett trying to stop that. He's 2-4. Cleveland will have Barry Moore in the mound, 3-2. Minnesota at Kansas City. Jim Bob 4-1. Bill Butler, 2-2 two two for Kansas City. California against the White Sox at Chicago. And then Tandy Messerschmitt, 4-3 against Billy Wynn, who is 0-1. Claude Ramon takes over the pitching, and Gary Gentry looks at a fastball for a strike. We'll have to do a little further research, but to the best of our memories here in the press box, the Mets have never had three consecutive home runs in a ball game. Low and outside, one ball, one strike. Claude Frenchy Ramon on the mound in relief. He has been the best relief pitcher for the Expos. He has the lowest ERA on the Expos staff, 2.2. Tries a curve just outside, 2-1. Raymond has won two and lost to it. He has five saves to his credit. This is his 14th appearance. 
2-1 pitch to Gary Gentry. A swing and a miss. It's 2-2. Two and two. Mets lead 4-1 on three straight homers. Dave Marshall started it off. Then Joe Foy hit one to the opposite field and Grody pulled one down the left field line. Swing and a miss, strength three. Side retired. Three runs, three hits. They were all home runs. No errors and none left on. And the score in the middle of the eighth inning. The New York Mets four and the Montreal Expos one. Two changes in the field. Ron Swoboda in right field and Mike Jorgensen at first base. Last of the eighth inning and Matt Jones will lead off. Well, our memories played tricks on us once before in Mets baseball history. They hit three home runs in a row. And the pitch by Gary Gentry is outside and low ball one. On April 28, 1962, the first year of the New York Mets, Frank Thomas, Charlie Neal, and Gil Hodges had three in a row. Now it's inside of the knees, two balls and no strikes. Anybody ask you that date was April the 28th of 1962 in the polo grounds. And the pitch is over for a call strike. Foul to back toward the press box, no play. Two balls and two strikes. You remember that now, Ralph? The day that Frank Thomas, Charlie Neal, and Gil Hodges had three in a row in the polo grounds, that's a long way to remember back. That was that first year that was in April. 1962. Frank Thomas had 34 that year. He still has the club record for home runs in a season. The 2-2 delivery. And a curve strike three called. A beautiful pitch by Gary Gentry. For Gary Gentry, his ninth strikeout of the game. We will be back on side two. To continue the game. He struck out eight in a game against San Diego, which he did not figure in the decision. So Gary now has struck out nine today. That's his personal high of the year. And it brings up Rusty Stop. Rusty has reached on a walk, fouled a third, and fly to right. Nothing for two. Now the wind-up by Gentry. Here's the pitch on the way. Hit hard. Base hit. Going into right field. Just beyond the reach of Kenny Boswell. Ron Swoboda now playing right field. Hits the ball to first base. Not in time. Other than a bunt single by the pitcher Bill Stoneman in the fourth inning. That is the only hit off Gary Gentry since back in the second inning of the game. Now Ron Farrell. One out and one on. We're in the last of the eighth inning. New York leading four to one. The batter is Ron Fairley, the cleanup batter. Left-hand hitter waiting. The pitch under the knees. One ball and no strikes. Grody thought he had a strike with it. Ron Fairley has reached on a walk in the first and since then flied to center and struck out. Gary Gentry struggled in this game. The first two innings, he was in big trouble. He gave up four hits in the first two, and since then has allowed only two. A month single, and now the single by stop. Fastball at the letters of call, strike gets one and one. The Expos had five left on base in the first two innings. 
But Gary Gentry since then has settled down and pitched a beautiful ball game. One out and one on, pitch to Fairley. Curve, a strike on the inside corner. One ball and two strikes. Now Gentry up in pitching position. Down comes the arm. Line drive into right. A solid base hit by Ron Fairley. Stab will stop at second. And now the tying run will be coming to bat. And suddenly the Expos spring the light. Jim Ferry, the center fielder, left-hand batter coming up. Ferry has hit into a double play, lined out hard to center, and then struck out, nothing for three. Bill Hatches now sending the sand to his bullpen, and Doug McGraw and Ron Taylor will start cranking up. And pitching coach Rube Walker has been dispatched to the mound by Gill. Expos suddenly spring to life. Right after Gentry's ninth strikeout, Gary has thrown a lot of pitches in this ballgame because he threw so many in the first two innings. Montreal in the first inning had the bases loaded with one out. And Gentry, bearing down hard, got fairly to bounce into a double play to end the threat. He gave up a run in the second inning, and three were left on. So Gary faced five men in the first inning, seven in the second inning. Now the batter is Jim Ferry. And the pitch by Gentry, fastball outside, ball one. Doug McGraw and Ron Taylor working very hard, trying to get ready in a hurry down in the bullpen. Coco LeBoy is the on-deck batter. Swing and a miss by Jim Ferry. One ball, one strike. Ferry hitting at 232. He has some power. He has two home runs this year and seven RBIs. That's playing Ferry as a pull batter. Tommy Yeji moves toward the alley in right center. But Harrelson sheeted toward second. Now the pitch. Ground ball hit hard. He said through the hole going to left field. Bob is around third being waved home. He will score and the bang runs around. Three hits in a row. Now the X-Bow suddenly passing on Gary Gentry in the eighth inning. That base hit by Jim Perry, a left-hand batter, with a hard-hit ground ball just beyond the reach of Joe Foy into left field. Stop, came around to score, barely stopping at second. Coco LaBoy is coming up. He was robbed of a home run with a jumping catch by Cleon Jones. Cleon went above the fence at the 368 mark to catch the ball. LaBoy's last time up. It is now a 4-2 ball game, and the Expos have the dying runs on. One man out. Marv Staley drove in Montreal's first run. Jim Ferry is knocked in the second. Now the pitch by Gentry in the dirt. Scooped out by Jerry Grody, ball one. And Gil Hodges is walking to the mound.
replace Gary Gentry. Ron Taylor is on his way in from the bullpen. And as he comes in, it's an important situation. The tying runs are on base with one man out. Ron's last relief outing. This will be his 13th appearance. Ron has won one and lost two. Uh, Gary pitched himself quite a ball game, Ralph, when you consider how things started out here today. He certainly did. He was off to a real shaky start in the first and second innings. The Expos had the bases loaded, and they scored only one run. He made a lot of pitches in that early part of the ball game. After that, he settled down and gave up only one hit until the eighth inning. That was a bunt by Bill Stoneman, which Gary Gentry fell out on. He retired the side in order in the third, in the fifth, in the sixth, and in the seventh. But here in the eighth, after striking out Mac Jones for his ninth strikeout in the ball game, and that ninth, the most he has struck out in any one game this year, the picture changed when Rusty Saab singled hard to right and Ron Fairley on a hanging curveball singled to right to put runners in first and second. And then Jim Perry with the opposite field base hit drove in the second run of the game for the Expos. And now Ron Taylor, the question is whether or not Ron will be sharp because he has not worked for quite some time because of the Mets starters doing such a fine job. And Ron Taylor in to help and hope to save the game for Gary Gentry here in the first game of a three-game series. Tomorrow's game will be a night ball game. We'll be on the air at 8 o'clock. It's going to be Nolan Ryan scheduled for the Mets. His record 2-3. and three. Dan McGinn, who beat the Mets at Shea Stadium, now 3-1 and one will be his opposition on the mound. And on Wednesday night, it'll be Tom Seaver, who has a record of 7-1 and one against possibly not Carl Morton, although he is listed. He's warming up the bullpen now. His record 3-1. and one. Then the Mets return home to come up with a big four-game series with, with Chicago starting on Friday night on May 20. Ron Taylor on in relief for the first time in nine days. He'll be trying to get that sinker to work to get a ground ball. Coco LaBoy is the hitter. And the pitch on the way. And the ball hit his bat and goes foul. He tried to get away from an inside delivery. For Montreal, Ron Fairley is on second and Jim Ferry is on first. They are the tying runs. One man away, last of the eighth inning, the Mets lead four to two. The count on the batter is one ball and one strike. The batter is Coco LeBoy, right-hand hitter with good power. <clears throat> Johnny Bateman is the on-deck batter. Now Ron Taylor makes the stop. Here's the pitch. Foul back over the screen, no play. It's one ball, two strikes. Cal Kuntz has joined at Tug McGraw in the New York bullpen. Three hits in a row by the Expos, and they are back in the thick of it. Boswell and Harrelson set up looking for a double play. The outfield is straight away. Ron Taylor with a count of one and two. Checks the runners down the pitch. Fouled out of play. Hit off the end of the bat, steered back up into the crowd behind the first base dugout. Let's grab the lead with three home runs in a row in the top of this inning. Second time in their eight-year-plus history they have been able to do so. 
The other time was against the Phillies in 62. Pitching one and two. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Ron Taylor going with a high hardwood. And he fans Coco LeBoy two men down. Ron really reached for that extra yard on that fastball. Now Johnny Bateman. Bateman has one for three. Singled his first time at bat. Bateman, husky right-hander. Let's play him very deep in the infield. Joe Foy practically playing on the line deep behind the bag at third. Bud Harrelson on the rim of the outfield grass is short. And they play him to hit the ball toward the middle. Now the stretch by Ron Taylor and the pitch. Breaking ball outside, ball one. Record crowd in Montreal and an exciting baseball game. Mets now trying to protect a two-run lead in the last of the eighth inning. Ron Fairley on second. Jim Ferry is on first. Two men away. Now the pitcher on the way. Foul to back toward our broadcasting booth and out of play. Four runs on nine hits, no errors. Montreal, two runs, eight hits, and one error. Now Bateman cocks the bat. In comes the pitch. And a shot hit over second base in the center field. A base hit. Early around third, he will score. Jim Perry goes to third with four to three. and Chuck McGraw in the bullpen. Number 28, Bruce Day. Still waiting for the announcement of Bruce Day before crossing the line. Still probably figuring here that Gene Mock might very well go to a right-hand batter, but that if he does, he has Chuck McGraw with that screwball, and Chuck actually is more effective against the right-hand batters than he is against the left-hand batters. Well, the decision has not been made on the mound, and right here will pause for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. You're listening to New York Mets Baseball on WKAJ-FM 102.3 in Saratoga Springs, New York, the home of the New York Mets. Bob Murphy with Ralph Kainer and Lindsey Nelson. Last of the eighth inning, the Expos have scored twice. The Mets now lead four to three. Runners on first and third, two down. Ron Taylor will pitch to Bousquet as Gil talks to Ron and then returns to the dugout. Day, left-hand batter. He's had two hits and nine times at bat this year. Jim Ferry, the tying run, is on third. John Bateman is on first, two men out. Now the stretch by Ron Taylor. Here's the pitch on the way. Strike on the outside corner. Well, the bullpen participants watching out of the corner of their eye. 
This record crowd seeing a very exciting ball game, and they have quieted down at the moment, waiting for the next big moment of action. Ron Taylor getting his sign from Brody. Boots Day, left-hand batter waiting. And the pitch. Just outside, one ball, one strike. The game was tied one-to-one going to the eighth inning. The Mets got three on the top of this inning on three home runs in a row. The Expos coming right back, two runs in on four hits. Runners at first and third, two men away. Day, cocktailing the batter around, now Coxer. Swing and a bloop. Hit down the left field line. It may be foul. Foy going over. And Foy has it for the out. This side is retired. Foul bloop. Hit outside third. And Foy is scooting under it. Grabs it for the out. Two runs. Four hits. No errors. And two left on. At the end of eight innings in Montreal in an exciting ball game, the New York Mets four. And the Montreal Expos three. Here in Montreal, we go to the ninth inning, and Mets leading 4-3. Tommy Agee will be leading up. Against Claude Raymond. Raymond came out of the bullpen to strike out Gary Gentry for the final out in the eighth inning. For those of you who may have missed it in the top of the eighth inning with a score tied 1-1... Dave Marshall, who earlier in the game had doubled home Boswell with a Mets lone run, pulled a drive down the right field line for a home run to make it 2-1. Joe Foy then hit a 2-2 pitch over the right field fence to make it 3-1. And Jerry Grody stepped right in behind him, pulled it down the left field line and into the crowd for a third straight home run. Second time in Mets baseball history, they have turned the trick. The other time was their first year in 1962 in the polo grounds, against the Philadelphia Phillies. Frank Thomas, Charlie Neal. They'll have the top of their batting order hitting against Ron Taylor. Breaking ball, low outside, one ball, one strike. Tommy Agee, one for four this afternoon. Tommy hitting at 221. one delivery. Breaking ball, swung, foul tipped, it goes out of play. One ball and two strikes. We'll be on the air tomorrow night and Wednesday night at 8 o'clock with both radio and television coverage of the final two games of the road swing. Thursday and off date, Friday night, the Mets and Cubs at Shea Stadium with Jerry Kuzman opening the homestand. Now Raymond delivers one and two. And it's popped up toward the mound. Ron Fairley, the first baseman over near the mound, has it for the out. You know, people who care don't litter. The people of Rangel care, they ask you to keep America beautiful. Let it cool. The shortstop, Bud Harrelson. Bud Harrelson has been on base three times out of four this afternoon. Bud walked his first two times up, then singled. Last time at bat, bounced out. One for two. Bud hitting 296. And a fly ball down the left field line. Mike Jones running toward the line is there. Makes the catch. He caught it about a stride from the line. So two men away, top of the ninth inning, New York leading 4-3. And Cleon coming on the hit. An agonizing day at bat for Cleon. He has been up four times without getting the ball out of the infield. 
He made a major contribution in this ball game to this point, though, when he went above the fence to grab a long drive hit by Coco LaBoy. Gianni has been up four times without getting the ball out of the infield. He made a major contribution in this ball game to this point, though, when he went above the fence to grab a long drive hit by Coco LaBoy. If had not snatched it out of the air, it would have gone into the crowd. Claude Raymond into his windup. Now the pitch. He gets the outside corner to Cleon. Strike one call. Mets lead 4-3. This is the ninth inning. Mike Jorgensen is on deck. Swing and a miss at a fastball. Jorgensen replaced Shamsky at first, and Soboda replaced Marshall in right field in the last of the eighth inning. Claudio Moon with a two-strike advantage pitching to Cleon Jones. Center fielder Jim Ferry playing Cleon over to right center. Fouled. He was trying to get away from that one. It was high and inside. So the count stays. Strike two on Cleon Jones. That's trying to protect their lead and nail down their fifth consecutive win. Two-strike delivery inside of the letters, moving Cleon back from the plate. It's one ball and two strikes. Raymond has won two in relief this year and saved five others. Pitching one and two. Fouled off the mask of catcher Johnny Bateman. Mike Jorgensen waiting on deck, hoping that Cleon can save him a turn at bat. It would be his first time up. That's four runs on nine hits. Montreal, three runs on nine hits. One-two delivery. High. Cleon lets it go. That evens the count at two and two. Been a beautiful day for a ball game and a tremendous crowd. Biggest crowd in the history of Jerry Park in Montreal. 31,004 the paid. So it's a standing crowd far above capacity. The 2-2 delivery, foul ball back over the screen, no play. Now Raymond turns his back on the plate to work up the new ball. The count is 2-2 two two on Cleon Jones with two outs and nobody on in the top of the ninth inning. Raymond in relief has retired three in a row. Hip foul off to the right, no play. That was an explosive eighth inning. This game was tied 1-1 at the end of seven. In the eighth inning, the Mets scored three, and the Expos came back with two. The 2-2 delivery, high and inside, ball three. Count three and two to Cleon. Cleon is fouled to the catcher, struck out, hit into a force play, and popped a second. Now Raymond nods in agreement. Here's the pitch on the way. And the third is over. Second strikeout for Raymond. No runs, no hits, no errors, and none left on. And the score in the middle of the ninth inning. 
The New York Mets four and the Montreal Expos three. Well, here we are, last of the ninth inning, four three, New York leading. Brian Brand will be hitting for the pitcher, Rodri Moon. Then it will be Mars Staley, the leadoff batter, and Mac Jones. If the Expos get a man on, it will give Rusty Stab a chance to bat. Brand hitting 245 for the year. A catcher battery who has exceptional speed for a catcher, frequently is used as a bench runner. And as Ryan Taylor goes to the mound, in the bullpen, Cal Kuntz and Doug McGraw are active. This huge crowd, I don't think a soul is left. What a ball game they're watching. Ron Brown. Right-hand hitter. Now Ron Taylor on the pitching slab, looking into Grody for his sign. Joe Foy protecting the line defensively at third. You have to shorten up against Brand because he will bunt on you. Now the pitch on the way. Ground ball hit toward the hole. Three steps and up field. Nine runs on. Brand hitting Taylor's first pitch through the hole. Taylor's a center ball pitcher. He tries to make the batter hit the ball on the ground. And every now and then they find a hole. coming up, and now he looks to Dick Williams the third base coach. Gil Hodges is coming out. He has McGraw and Kilson Bullpen. And we're going to have Fred McGraw brought in. Gil going with the percentages. He'll bring Doug McGraw in to pitch to the left-hand batter, Mars Staley. And we'll wait and see whether Gene Mock, the Expo's manager, makes a counter move. Doug, this will be his 12th appearance of the year. His last outing against Montreal, he saved the game for Ray Sebecki, working an inning in the third. So Doug has four saves to his credit this year. There's one none and lost one, and this will be his 12th appearance. So while the pitching change is being made here in the ninth inning, the Expos now with a tying run on first and nobody out. Number 45. Let's check with Ralph and see how they're lined up to play tonight. Okay, Bob Murphy, in the National League all-night games coming up, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, the Phillies have lost their last nine ball games. Jim Bunning will be pitching against Bob Moose. Chicago, they lead the Mets by two percentage points, playing Cincinnati. Bill Hands against Ray Washburn. St. Louis scheduled against Houston, and Bob Gibson will be going against Larry Durker. Durker has won seven and lost two this year. And the Dodgers are scheduled against the Padres at San Diego. It's Sandy Vance against Danny Coombs. In the American League, also all-night ball games left on the schedule. It's Baltimore, New York. Mike Cuellar against Fritz Peterson. Detroit at Boston. Detroit has lost five in a row, and they'll be trying to stop their losing streak with Joe Necro. He'll be opposed by Sonny Siebert. Cleveland scheduled against Washington, and Washington with nine straight losses will be going with George Brunette. And Cleveland will be pitching Barry Moore. Minnesota against Kansas City. Jim Codd against Bill Butler. And the Angels scheduled against Chicago. And Andy Messerschmidt will be going against former Red pitcher Billy Wynn. That's the way the schedule looks right here. We're in the bottom of the ninth inning. Now we're set to go and let's see if they had him bunting. He's around the bunt. Bunts, fair ball. Rudy passes on it. Throws to second. 
to second base. Beautiful play by Jerry Grody. He gunned that throw. Bud Harrelson handling the throw. Looked like Bud may have been stepped on. Harrelson may have been stepped on by Ron Brand. Here Tom McKenna hustling out now. The bundle was on in front of the plate. Grody raced out, pounced on it. He knew it was a gamble, but he has a great arm. He rifled it to Bud Harrelson in time for the out. And Harrelson was stepped on accidentally by Ron Brand on the play. Gil Hodge is out now, along with Tom McKenna. So Staley is on first base, one out, and Adolfo Phillips will be coming up. Bud Harrelson tells Gil and Tom McKenna that he's all right and will stay with it. Now, Adolfo Phillips, right-handed batting center fielder, is going to hit for Mac Jones. Adolfo hitting at 232 this year. He has two homers and three RBIs. Mets lead 4-3, bottom half of the ninth. Big play as Jerry Grody cut down the lead runner at second. Rusty Stab is the undecorator. The tying run, Staley on first base, one man out. Mets have their infield looking for two. And Foy guards the line as he plays near third. Here's the pitch. In for a call strike. Doug McGraw on the mound of relief. Let's have the outfield just about straight away. Tommy Yates leaning a stride to left center. And Adolfo Phillips gets out and goes to the fine car to tighten up the grip on the bat out. Two right-handers in the bullpens, Carl Morton in Montreal's bullpen, and Cal Coons, Fort New York. Mike Jorgensen holding against the runner. Now Tug makes the stop. The pitch to Adolfo. I. He lays off, and the count is one ball, one strike. Beautiful baseball day in Montreal. The biggest crowd ever to fill in this ballpark. And what a game. Mets four, Expos three, last of the ninth. Now McGraw checks his runner. The 1-1 delivery, way inside. That moved him away from the plate, and the count goes to two and one. Morton in the Montreal bullpen has his arm warm. He's just standing now watching the excitement. McGraw steps off and bluffs the throw to first. Harrelson and Boswell poised, hoping for a grounder to work with. Now the pitch. Swing and a miss. He went after a fastball, and McGraw muscled up on it. It's two and two. The old, dangerous, rusty stab waiting on deck. interesting how many times in baseball you come right up to that dramatic moment and you have a top pitcher in against the best hitter on the club. 2-2 delivery and the screwball just misses outside and low. Ball three and the count is three and two. Three and two and Adolfo Phillips comes down to the batter's box. Taps the big end of the bat against the spikes. Now he's back in. Mars Staley has a short lead off first. Here's the payoff pitch. Foul back to the screen. It happens again. 
Again, Phillips goes back to get the fine dark lock. Doug McGraw pitching in relief, trying to protect a one-run lead in the last of the ninth inning. Staley is the man on first base. He takes a short lead. Now the stretch by Doug. Here's the pitch. Ball four. Winning run, Phillips, and he has great speed, is on first. One man away. McGraw getting his sign from Brody. Now the stretch. Stab, left hand batter, winning the pitch. And a fair ball, a base hit right over the bag down the left field line. On a tip swing, the tying run has come home. Early is third of Alfred Phillips, and Stab goes into second. The game is tied up. He was jamming the hitter. He made a great pitch and stopped falling back from the plate for second you swing, just getting out of the way. The ball in his batting went right over the third base bag and down the line for a double. And now runners are on second and third. The ball game is tied. Ron Fairley, the batter, the infield is in. They're going to put Fairley on the open base and set up a play at any base. This will load the bases and bring up Jim Ferry, the center fielder and a left-hand batter, but Bob Bailey comes out to hit for him. So it'll be Fred McGraw pitching to Bob Bailey with the bases loaded. What a tough break for Tug and the Mets. Stiler had no intentions of hitting the ball. He was just defending himself and fading away from the plate. Ball hit his bat, and the pitch was thrown so hard by Tug that it was a hard grounder right over the third base bag and right down the line. Now Bailey will be hitting for Jim Perry. Game is tied four to four. Doug McGraw going out to the mound. Cody going out to the mound to meet with Doug McGraw, Bud Harrelson, and Joe Foy. Bob Bailey has had five for 40 this year, batting at 125. He's a strong hitter. Kind of hitter who might get the outfield fly that can win it for you, and Gil Hodges comes out. In the bullpen, Cal Kuntz. No sign has been given by Gil. He merely is going to cross the line and talk this one over for the moment. The winning run, Adolfo Phillips, is on third. Rusty Stab on second. Jim Ferry is on first. Ron Fairley is on first. Bob Bailey is hitting for Jim Ferry. It's a little confusing at the hands of Fairley and Ferry. 
Wallace looking around. And his defense. With one man away, the outfield is going to have to come in. They'll have to play very shallow. Well, Gill was just taking a little more time for his bullpen. He wanted the announcement putting Bob Bailey in the ballgame. The announcement had not been made. Gill crossed the line coming back. And the umpires are conferring here. Gill has taken the ball from McGraw, and Kyle Koontz is on his way in the ballgame. Gill was merely waiting for the announcement, officially putting Bob Bailey into the ballgame. Gill looking at his lineup guard, he's standing on the mound. So the nuts in this spot with the bases loaded, the game tied, one man out will rely on Kyle Kunis to try and bail him out. Bailey will be hitting for Perry. Coco LeBoy, the on deck batter. Well, the moves are being made right and left. What an exciting ball game this has been. This game was tied one to one going to the eighth inning. In the eighth inning, the Mets hit three home runs in a row off Bill Stoneman. Dave Marshall hit the first one, Joe Foy the second one, and Jerry Grody the third one. Mets appeared to be in good shape. They were ahead four to one going to the last of the eighth inning, and Gentry was pitching beautifully. But the Expo suddenly passed on Gary Gentry in the last of the eighth inning. They scored two runs on four hits and tied the game up before Ron Taylor could get the side out. Or came within one run. It was four to three at the end of eight. Ron Brand, as a pinch hitter, leading off the last of the ninth inning with a score tied, single to left field. Marv Staley tried to bunt him over. Brody made a good play. He threw to second and got the fourth play. Adolfo Phillips came up to hit for Mac Jones. And on three and two, he was walked by Doug McGraw, putting runners on first and second with one out. Then came the big break of the game. With Rusty Staub hitting, McGraw made a great fastball pitch over the inside corner. Staub was bailing out on the pitch, defending himself, and hit his bat. Went right over the third base bag and down the line for a double to score Brand and tie the ball game. And put runners on second and third. Then came the intense walk to Fairley. Coons is on in relief for Cali's 10th appearance. This last outing was on May the 10th. It's been eight days since he's been out. So the infield is in. The outfield is very shallow. The runner on third, Adolfo Phillips, is the winning run if the Expos can get him home. Here's the stretch by Cal Coons. Now the pitch. Fastball just outside ball one. Phillips is on third. Staub on second and Fairley on first. The only man, of course, they're concerned about, the man on third, but the Mets have a play at any base. You always give the hitter quite an advantage when you're forced to play your infield in tight on the edge of the grass. The long outfield fly would win it, so the outfield is flying close. And the pitch. And a high fly ball to right field over toward the line. Moving over to Swoboda. He may let it go. He does. He could have caught the ball. 
but a heady play by Ron Swoboda. He was too far out, and he knew it was very doubtful he could throw out Adolfo Phillips. So he wisely allowed step back and let it drop. He certainly did. He made the right play there because he could not throw out Phillips going away from home plate. He would have had to catch the ball moving away and make a complete turnaround to make the throw, and he would not be able to have thrown out the runner because he has too much speed. One ball, one strike to Bob Bailey. Game tied 4-4, last half of the ninth inning. Coos looking in now to Jerry Grody to pick up his sign. The infield camped on the edge of the infield grass. The outfield is shallow. Now the stretch. And the pitch to Bailey. Breaking ball just outside. Two balls and a strike. And the record-breaking crowd in Montreal on a legal holiday, Queen Victoria Day. Getting a full afternoon of baseball tension and excitement. Coco LaVoy standing by in the on-deck circle. It's right-hander against right-hander as Cal Kuntz looks in. Now the pitch. And a high fly ball. If he's the right, this ball game is over. This will win it for Montreal, and it lands first. It goes over the fence. A grand slam home run. A grand slam home run by Bob Burley. And they win it by a score of 8-4. It was a high fly hit to the opposite field, and it just cleared the wire fence near the foul pole. A grand slam home run, and what a mob scene here in Montreal. The biggest crowd in their history, a perfect baseball day. What a finish for the Expos, and the huge crowd in Montreal standing and applauding the Montreal Expos. So the final score on a grand slam pinch home run by Bob Bailey, and he hit it to right field. Montreal 8 and the New York Mets 4. Now, before the recap on the game in Montreal today, we pause for station identification with the New York Mets Baseball Network. You're listening to New York Mets Baseball on WKAJ-FM 102.3 in Saratoga Springs, New York, the home of the New York Mets. Bob Murphy with Ralph Kainer and Lindsey Nelson from Jerry Park in Montreal, where the Expos on a dramatic, pinch hit, grand slam home run by Bob Bailey have just beat the New York Mets 8-4, and for the story of the game, here's Ralph. Well, Bob, I guess you'd have to say it's only fitting because this great crowd here, the largest ever to watch a ball game that the Montreal Expos have ever played, staying right down to the last run that was scored. I don't believe one person left this ballpark as 31,004 witnessed a tremendous comeback victory by the Montreal Expos. As Bob said, it was a grand slam home run that did it, but actually it didn't make any difference whether the ball went out of the ballpark or not. It was long enough that if the ball had been caught in the outfield, the winning run would have scored from third base on the overall hit by Bob Bailey. But it did turn out to be a grand slam home run by Bob Bailey that scored the winning run and also three more as the Expos won it by a score of 8-4. to four. For Bailey, it was his third grand slam home run in his major league career. The winning pitcher was Claude Ramon. Claude now with a record of three wins and two losses. He came in the ball game in relief of Bill Stolman, the starting pitcher who went out as the losing pitcher in the ball game, but then got taken off the hook as the Expos came from behind to win. And the losing pitcher was Tug McGraw. Tug now with a record of 0-2. And the big turning point of the ball game was when Tug McGraw was pitching to Adolfo Phillips. He got the count to three balls and two strikes. 
He threw a fastball that was fouled off and then came back with a fastball high and inside. And on the pitch, Mac Jones is pinch hitter Adolfo Phillips walked. That put runners at first and second base. And then Rusty Staub came up and on a check swing, he was actually trying to get out of the way of the ball. He hit a ground ball by the third baseman, Joe Foy, right over the bag. And Joe was close to the bag, but he couldn't get to it. And that set it up for an intentional walk to Ron Fairley in the Grand Slam home run by Bob Bailey. The Expos got out in front to take a 1-0 lead as they scored a run in the second. The Mets tied it up when they came back to score a run in the fourth on a double by Dave Marshall. It came after a single by Ken Boswell. Then the Mets took a 4-1 lead on three consecutive home runs. Dave Marshall hit a home run over the right field fence. Joe Foy hit a home run over the right center field fence. And Jerry Grody hit a home run over the left field fence. And they made it a 4-1 ball game. The Expos came back to get two runs in the eighth inning. And that knocked out starting pitcher Gary Gentry out of the box. Ron Taylor came in. He was taken out when Tug McGraw came in the ball game in the ninth inning. And then the rest, as you know, five runs in the ninth inning and a victory for the Expos in the first game of the three-game series. The line score of the ball game. The Expos, eight runs, 12 hits, one error. The Mets, four runs, nine hits, and no errors. New York Mets baseball has been a feature presentation of the New York Mets baseball network at Rheingold Extra Dry, the beer with a 10-minute head.